Video has surfaced of the Biden administration smuggling migrant children into Tennessee and many other southeastern states. And I was a bit reticent to say smuggling, but I'm like, that's actually what he's doing. A lot of these news outlets are like secretly transporting illegal immigrant children into these states without their knowledge. And I'm like, that's extremely verbose for smuggling, which means to convey secretly or illicitly, which is what the Biden administration is doing right now. They screwed up the border so bad and they are so desperate. They're literally just putting kids on planes and flying them out to random places. Well, Tennessee politicians are really, really angry. Like, yo, what are you doing? This is crazy. It is crazy. It's extremely crazy. We, we, we got some other stories, too. The, the lab leak stuff is now going mainstream. PolitiFact apparently now has semi-rescinded a fact check claiming that the COVID lab leak hypothesis was debunked because now they're like, OK, well, it's not debunked. They're they're undebunking. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Undebunking. <laughs> PolitiFact is undebunked. They're bunking. It. Re-bunking. They're bunking. Yeah. Re-bunking. <laughs> They've rebunked. <laughs> yeah, I think it's rebunk. Yeah. All right, so the, the lab leak hypothesis has been has been rebunked by PolitiFact, <laughs> and uh, we definitely got to talk about it. So joining us today is Will Chamberlain of Human Events. How's it going? Um, I am Will Chamberlain, the co-publisher, and uh, I don't know exactly what my editor title is. We still need to figure that out, but I run the opinion side. There you go. Um, and I also am senior counsel at the Internet Accountability Project, the Article 3 Project, and something new, the Unsilenced Majority, which is a new cancel culture group. Um, can- so, so a cancel culture anti anti cancel. <laughs> like you're trying. Although, to although we do sort of are willing to cancel people who use cancel culture, which is in my view perhaps the most justified yes. use of cancel. Yeah, culture. it's like using a flamethrower and a guy with a flamethrower. Right. Know? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's allowed. Um, in you know, in and some yeah, sense. and we hired we hired Jack Kosovic today, which I'm really yes. happy about. Oh, that's awesome. events. Um, you know, the that was announced on on Twitter and. We're stoked. I mean, Jack, in my view, is not only a very good personal friend, but a very good journalist in his own right, and he doesn't get credit for it. I mean, he yeah. had he had scoops on the Mueller uh, investigation that no one else had, and that yeah. were confirmed by the New York Times three weeks later. He's uh, also a secret agent in a comic book. Yes. There you go. You know. He's like a really cool guy. Yes. Yeah. He's a really yeah. good guy. He wears a suit, so I just assumed he was, like, stodgy, <laughs> but then I met him, and I was like, I love you, dude. That guy. <laughs> well, it's like, he, I mean, I, maybe I, I, the problem, I'm, I gained some weight, so I'm not wearing a suit properly, but I had, like, nice custom suits, and... Cool. You gotta drop cool. some weight. I know. Yeah. yeah, that's what I gotta do. It's all about fasting. We got, we got Ian. Oh yeah, Ian Crossland. What's up, guys? <laughs> uh, you can always find me at iancrossland.net, but I'm happy to be here. Very good. I will also sing Jack's praises. He is an awesome friend. He's a cool source. He always has really neat scoops, and I'm excited for that. He's part of human events now. Before we get started, you gotta go to timcast.com, click the blue members only button. And then sign up. You can choose Stripe or PayPal. That will give you access to the members-only area where we have exclusive segments just for our members. My friends, we are going to have a very special, creepy, eerie, Donald Trump future time travel (laughs) bonus segment tonight. It delves into the weird and wild and conspiracies. It's going to blow your mind. Mark my words, you will have a laugh. And some people probably will, unfortunately, end up believing this stuff. But there's a really crazy story that's been around for some time. We're going to get into. So you got to go to TimCast.com and sign up. Don't forget, like and subs- like this video, subscribe to this channel. But more importantly, share the show right now. Do it, share it with your friends. Take the URL, put it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else you can, and uh, help help spread the word. So that's the the word of mouth is the best way to support the show. Let's jump into this first story, which uh, honestly I, I couldn't believe. From WRCB TV, NBC, 
late night flights carrying migrant children arrive in Chattanooga. Chattanooga's Wilson Air Center is receiving planes carrying migrant children who are being bused to multiple southeastern cities during overnight hours. Let me just simplify it for you. This is the Biden administration smuggling migrant children into into the central U.S., into these southeastern states and cities. They say Channel 3 obtained video of one of those planes arriving arriving Friday, May 14th, shortly before 1.30 a.m. A second video shared with Channel 3 shows more children arriving late Saturday night. According to the source who provided the video, a third plane carrying children arrived Friday afternoon. Flight records confirm that a fourth plane arrived early Wednesday morning, May 19th. This is, this is amazing. Did, did anybody approve this? Does anybody know about this? I mean, I'm sure it was approved by someone in the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, you can bet that after the kids in cages debacle um, with, you know, like the five-fold increase in illegal immigration to start the term, that somebody in the Biden administration was told that under no circumstances were there to be more photos of kids piled up in cages with space blankets. So, so now they got videos of kids being shuffled into planes and flown out to random cities. How I about mean, that? Prob- probably better optically, oddly enough, <laughs> right? Like if we're just trying to avoid the really, you know, image that will disturb uh, Joe Biden voters, it would be the one of, of them being near the border. So out of sight, out of mind, right? As long as they're... This is... I'm sorry, man. This is apocalyptically bad, in my opinion. This is a hundredfold worse than kids in cages. They're just like, okay, we don't want the kids to be in the cages, so put them on a plane, fly them out to Tennessee, put them on a bus, and ship off to a group home. Everything about the Biden policy, it's like the maximum amount of immorality that you could do with immigration policy, (laughs) right? Like, if they had done open borders, that would be less immoral. Right. And if they had gone full border closure, that would be less immoral. They have managed to find the uncanny valley of the worst (laughs) possible policy, which is, again, I mean, so... In, in tort law, there's something called, I don't know if I talked about this before, but attractive nuisance. Um, no, what is that? Uh, so attractive nuisance, you know, normally if somebody trespasses on your land and gets hurt, you're not liable. They trespassed. But if you have something on your land, like a broken merry-go-round or something. What about an apple tree? Or, who knows, and it could be anything, but like something that something attracts cool. children. Yeah. Right? And you, it tra- leads the children to trespass and they get hurt. Even though they're trespassing, you are liable. That's BS. Wow, what about but, like, but, but what I about knew like I knew about this window. because I'm a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. So uh, we at the mini ramp back in Philly, we had a, we had a no skateboarding sign on it. Mm-hmm. So we're like no trespassing and then no skateboarding allowed. Right. So so know. attractive nuisance. Basically, uh, our border is an attractive nuisance, right? The promise of uh, getting you know citizenship or the ability to work in the United States is what attracts people, and the nuisance part is the fact that people are having to go through this unbelievably difficult journey in order to get it. Right. They're, you know, crossing, you know, finding themselves in the hands of drug cartels and human traffickers uh, going through very dangerous journeys, crossing the Rio Grande, all this sort of nonsense. Um, so we're, that, we're responsible, I guess. Yeah. Like the, the, the Biden administration, I think, you know, I mean, the Trump administration had the, you know, a much more moral policy, which is actual deterrence. Right. right? Like Australia had a similar. Dynamic. Remember, remember when Trump said he wanted moats full of alligators? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm kidding. He didn't really say that, but they claimed he did. <laughs> That's good enough. It's I mean, it's, it is moral to deter people from engaging in a dangerous journey. Didn't they talk right? about like lasers or something too? Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, Australia had this problem when they had boat people coming from like Fiji and, and, and islands surrounding it. And they had all these drownings, right? Tons of drownings in the, in the boats off of Australia. And they said they just had a huge policy. It's like if you get here on a boat, you're not going to be able to stay, period. And stop, what, change what, law. What if you have a merry-go-round? 
and a moat full of alligators? <laughs> if the kids fall in the moat full of alligators, is it a nuisance or a deterrent? Like, am I, I in trouble? I don't think attractive nuisance would come into play. That would probably be still a crime. <laughs> uh, I would say so, it, yeah. Because you're, you know, there's, there's, I don't remember exactly what the law is, but you're not, for example, you can't set up, like, trap guns in your house. That you can ought- see the alligators, bro. Like, I, I understand that you can see them, but, like, the idea is you can't set up, like, intentionally fatal traps on your property because hmm. you will be liable if someone kills themselves. Interesting. So move to Florida where there's naturally occurring moats full of alligators. Look, I, I, I don't <laughs> think it, the naturally occurring moats full of alligators, that's a good, good liability question. Should, are you? Do you have to remediate that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Well, well anyway, more to the point, uh, I, this is this is crazy. I, you know, I knew Biden, his policies were in the gutter and everything was mm-hmm. falling apart, but this is a whole new level of bad. It's like in the middle of the night, taking these unaccompanied children and shuffling them off to who knows where. How insane. So, so not only did Joe Biden create a poll factor by getting rid of Donald Trump's Remain in Mexico uh, policies. So now it's like, come on in, catch and release. These, some of the, many of these people who had COVID were being released into Texas when American citizens couldn't even legally cross the border. Then Joe Biden reopens the homestead facility. Look, I get it. You, you got a bunch of kids. You created a problem. You need a place to put them. But let's be real. Trump shut that facility down. They were complaining about it. Joe Biden's attractive, was it attractive nuisance? Attractive nuisance, yes. Polled these people. It created a poll factor, which we off, we, we've heard about in the news all over and over again. So he reopens the, the child concentration camps. AOC's words, not mine. And then he expands the McAllen facility. So now he's got a bunch of kids sleeping in the dirt. That's bad. And now because the videos are bad enough, and there's still more kids coming. Just shuffle them off. Who knows where? That's it. That's that's all. That's that's depravity. When you said yeah. poll factory, you mean like it's polling people yes. in? Yeah. So when, when people shut up with shirts saying, "Please let us in, Biden." Hmm. Donald Trump was like, "You can't come to our border. We'll shut it down." No, no. Excuse me. You stay in Mexico. They're like, people got scared. If we try and go, we'll get arrested and then sent back. And people were worried that if they went from like you know um, Bolivia or something or Colombia, they'd come up get sent back all the way to South America and they're like it's probably better staying just in Tijuana or something. With Joe Biden he's like come on man we got to get rid of these these policies you know Trump he's a Nazi and so then he gets rid of them all and then people start rushing the border again. Now it's created a massive surge. It's it's happening what like 2 months earlier. So Joe Biden tried claiming it's seasonal. Huh. It's just seasonal migration. And it's like, bro, this is two months earlier than seasonal migration. No, you've created the poll factor. Your policies are awful. Trump had it had it functioning, not perfectly. It spiked huge under Trump. But they had policies and they were pushing back. Biden makes it worse. This is man, not, I this is nuts. It's not seasonal. It's global econo- the economy is is trembling and people are fleeing their their South American homeland. A lot of people are. Not even just South America. I saw an article that said like you had European economic migrants, mm-hmm. African yeah. economic migrants crossing the southern border. Uh and that's what it is. I mean, I saw that, like, there was some article that tried to be, like, people, refugees from countries hard hit by COVID. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not a refugee. No, no, no. That's a migrant. An economic, economic right. migrant. And they're not fleeing. They're, they're not, migrating. Yeah, they're migrating. Like, Well, know. I suppose the easiest thing you can do is put them on buses and planes and just, you know, random. Yeah, in random a way, places. it makes sense. Like, they're clearing up the space. Although, but the problem, then, is they're doing it, they try to seem like they want to do it covertly. Which, yeah, it's called smuggling. Yeah, which illicitly think, transporting people. I, may, I made mentioned earlier that it, it sounds like they're, it's a conspiracy. Like they, they would be charged with conspiracy mm. because they're they're transporting well, known illegal immigrants across state borders. I they're mean, aiding and abetting criminals. I mean, you know, 
there's almost certainly some sort of affirmative defense doing so under color of law with sure. an authority, you know, order from the executive branch. And there's some, probably some statutory authority. You, you know that we already have kids in like orphanages and group, home, group homes who need loving parents and yes. are being tossed about the system. The last thing we need is for Biden to screw everything up and then just shuffle people under the rug. That's, that's sickening. It's just why we don't elect Democrats. It's like why responsible <laughs> people don't, don't let Democrats run things. Well, that's why this Friends is so immoral. Well, yeah, but come on, man. The, the, the Republican Party. I, I, I tweeted, we need a commission of medical experts and scientists to figure out how several invertebrates and terrestrial land sna- uh, terrestrial snails somehow managed to imitate English speech, join the Republican Party, and get elected <laughs> office. Invertebrates, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are we talking about January 6th commission and 30? 35. But come on. It's not even that. I mean, Mitch McConnell pretends to fight. Look at what's going on because of the fecklessness of the Republican Party. Now, I get it. A speed bump is better than nothing. But that's what the Republican Party is at this point. They're a speed bump for Democrats. Oh, Democrats got to slow down a little bit. They're making too much money. I can't stand these people. I I want to lose faith in the system. I don't want to lose faith in Mm -hmm. the American government. Because that could be the beginning of the end or the end of the end of the system. But they're they're making so much money. They're smuggling kids in. That just... Talking to each other every day and not getting much done is enough for them. The, d- the like. Democrats are beholden to zealots. Let's be real. Oh, no, hold, no, 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 no way. Absolutely not. They, they, they kick out their zealots. Steve King, he gets booted from all of his committees, and then he loses his primary because nobody wanted to hear what he had yeah, to say. You're right. Democrats. Ilhan Omar gets protected <laughs> by, by, by Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. So the Democrats, for, 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 all, for what it's worth, they got spines in spades. They will scream at the top of their lungs. They will bang on the doors of the Supreme Court. They will storm into the Senate buildings. And the media does nothing. Why? Because their friends have spines in media, got the jobs, took over the institution, the institutions, and protect them. Is it always been like this? It's just now there's social media, so we see it? I mean, to a degree, uh, you know, there was a time when it was there was actual, like, public cachet and being Republican, and I think the Iraq War really destroyed that. Right. Like the I'd, I'd say that, you know, 2000 era. I mean, it's still Republicans were like the majority and dominant in the culture. But at least like didn't they didn't they lose the Congress for like 40 years? Until yeah, they did. But yeah, I mean, they, it was it was really bad for a while. But then, I mean, that's a very you know, it's a very different country. And that Democratic coalition looks very different, you know, than than what I just I just look at where we at where we're at right now with Democrats and Ilhan Omar can just shriek. And they're like, whatever you say. And the Republicans just go, OK. And then Marjorie Taylor Greens, like two years ago, posted some dumb stuff on Facebook, and they're like, "Get rid of banner from everything." Yeah, she didn't even say those things while she was a member of Congress. Yeah, something like, and a bunch of Republicans flipped, you know, went over on that one too. I mean, we had something yeah. like a dozen Republicans decide they were going to vote, you know, against the, the their Repu- own member having committee seats. I, I the mean, Republican is, Party is the jellyfish party. It's just, I mean, so many of these people need to be replaced and and bullied more effectively like there's there's a lack of politically bullying. bullied yes politically, politically bullied, bullied. I like agree. people need to show up and protest these 35 jellyfish yeah so are, are they just the oligarch party no 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 the, the republicans i think are like uh you ever see the way this is the way i described it earlier you ever see the movie this is the end no i hear it's great though i've seen it so uh, danny mcbride gets kicked out of the house and then later on they find him and he's a cannibal mm-hmm. and then he has he has that actor i can't remember the ad- actor's is name james franco's in it um, yeah, 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 Seth Rogen's in it, but that's he, all I know. He has yeah. that that actor. Jonah Hill. What's that actor's name? He was in GI Joe. 
You know what I'm talking about? No. Negative. Chad no. something? I can't remember his name. But he's a gimp. So he's like on all fours and crawling around. Jeez. And Danny McBride is a cannibal. That's the, the Republican Party is the gimp in the, in the, in the, in the suit. Wow. You know? And Danny McBride <laughs> is the Democratic Party. It is shelled out. Now, now, to be fair, like there are like 10 Republicans that are fighters. You know, Donald Trump was a fighter. Donald Trump grabbed the party and yanked it really hard. And that's what people liked. So I tweeted, I tweeted something like the Republican Party are jellyfish. And then I got a response from someone who said, all right, I said, uh, uh, yeah, they said the Republican Party attracts the losers. And I said, that's right. If somebody wanted to lie, cheat, and steal to gain power, they wouldn't pick the Republican Party. They'd right. pick the Democratic Party. You know, so that's effectively what we're seeing. Is that pe- the people who are manipulative and deceitful and evil join the Democrats and then just burn things down and strip and extract and manipulate the ignorant. It's real easy to get a vote when you're a Democrat. You just go up to somebody and say, hey, I'll give you his money. And they're like, deal. And the Republicans are like, personal responsibility. You got to work hard and meritocracy. I'm like, that sounds like work. So people vote for not work. So you end up with a Republican Party that's just like a speed bump. They're, they're, no, no one's fighting for anything. What, 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 what are they fighting for other than Democrats don't do that? Democrats, don't you do that? Yeah, what I do mean, you stand for? I've, I've for a long time, this has been a long-term frustration. I mean, I, I remember trying to push for social media regulation because, like, we obviously needed it. The dem- companies were controlled by the Democrats. They were censoring conservatives. And they're like, well, no, but the free market, it's like, okay. I mean, and now, every, you know, two years later when we've lost power, everybody's like, oh, that was a good idea. Well, we should totally have done that. Mm. Um, you know, Can't count on them. Can't count on them. We're seeing some – I mean, I'm seeing some good signs with some of them. Like, you know, the, we, we'll get into the seize the endowments – thing that cotton's doing later <laughs> the, tom cotton's doing that tom cotton well he's, he's gonna the, tax them tax so you know a, a step in the right direction um you know taxation is theft yeah Let's seize it right exactly like i like i like the seize language we'll get into that, that later i get worked up about freedom like free trade uh free free market free freedom because it's not doesn't mean that there's no interference if you know the reason that we have a free society is because we interfere with it we create order. We create police that say, you can't walk there at this time. Stay there. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. So now we have freedom as a result. You're, you're not going to get jumped and murdered when you're walking around. So you're essentially free. No. doesn't mean that it has no freedom. rules. So this, the free market is the same way. If you don't Bro, put place by, rules on the system, that's you not get freedom. run away. By that, by that logic, prison is freedom. That's not true. Well, a prisoner has a sort of freedom. Healthcare. But, Guaranteed food, right? They have a food, place to live. Of That's course. not. They're freedom, not going to get technically. They're not going to get jumped and murdered because the guards yeah, are watching will. them. Well, they're not supposed to because the guards it's are watching. It's not freedom. The, the rules don't make you free. It gives you us need an to be responsible for yourself. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I think the United States, bro. They ban guns. The people law, still the go law out of the guns land, and kill people. The law of the land, though, gives us an opportunity to create freedom for ourselves. If there was no law, it wouldn't. We would not be in a free society. Some some laws make sense, and a lot of them don't. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Let me tell you. What we're seeing right now, this migrant thing is bad, but I'll tell you how bad it gets. This is another huge story. Honestly, I didn't know which story to lead with because we got a bunch of just psychotic stories. Hmm. Tulsa residents won't be able to pay utility bills for three weeks after ransomware attack like Colonial Pipeline outage. And it's claimed insurance giant CNA paid $40 million extortion fee. Tulsa officials said the city system was also targeted by ransomware. That hack means residents won't be able to pay utilities for three weeks. Uh, maybe a good thing for those residents. I assume once the three weeks kicks back on, they're still going to owe all that money. Maybe even with late fees, I wouldn't be surprised. They say it comes after Colonial Pipeline admitted to paying a $4.4 million ransom. 
It's amazing leadership. I'm glad that the FBI is trying to find that fat guy in the Wrigley shirt from January 6th. And we got our cities being attacked by hackers and shutting down our utilities. Bravo, good sirs. Keep, keep, keep it up. Wow. And we'll find out who that fat guy in the Trump hat is. That guy should go to jail, right? Was he the hacker? No, he's just some <laughs> fat guy who walked in the building. Dude, so who is the C? What are they called? C? CNA. And this is an Financial, insurance company yeah. that paid out $40 million to $40 million extortion oh. fee. It's going to keep happening. Because yeah. as Lydia pointed out in that Instagram video, the Russian military commercial is oh like, it's all dark and it's like, you know, speaking, I can't remember what they're saying in Russian, but it's like a guy and he's like looking with his brow down and they jump out with parachutes and they land on the ground and they got bolt action rifles for some reason. I don't know. They're using bolt action. Sure. And uh, then it switches to the American one. Oh, and it's like gosh. a Disney cartoon about two moms or something. And it's like, that's what America presents to the world. It's just navel gazing. It's like in this sort of self-obsession. They're, they're so obsessed with the internal dynamics of their companies and institutions that they forget that they're there to like perform a function in our society and be competent at it. Uh, and I mean, you know, we can talk about how I, wokeness is toxic in any number of ways, but one of them is this just fundamental distraction from the core mission that these yeah. people, like, I don't want to hear about, I don't care about your identity if you're working for the FBI. I want to hear that you're stopping ransomware attacks. Yes. So, so this is the problem. You talk about the rules and the, the rules are supposed to create freedom. They don't. What happens is they create rules and then the zealots who gain control of the institutions enforce them against their enemies. Meanwhile, these hacks are happening. And where's where, where's our law enforcement? Where, where's our where's cyber command to be defending us, to allow us to live in that beautiful freedom we're supposed to get with our taxpayer dollars going to these institutions? Instead, they get shut down. I get it. It's hard to defend against these things. But don't come to me complaining about the fat guy in a Trump hat. And then, and then creating a 9-11 style commission on January 6th when you can't defend your own cities. Um, who hacked? Do they have any ideas where they were from uh, or anything? I don't know. It makes me think that they just don't have the it's ability. It's probably the same group. We don't, we don't know for sure. We know that Darkseid, the hacker group, made like $90 million. Why would you ever stop doing this? Of course. Why would you stop? There's absolutely no incentive not to do this again. Yeah, if you've you got know, a friendly, you know, you know, friendly sovereign, that's what you need. You know what I would have yeah. done? That's all you need. You know what I would have done if I was Colonial Pipeline? Mm. If I got that thing and it was like, yo, we're going to lock down your pipeline unless you pass $5 million, you know what I'd do? I'd be like, all right. All right, hacker. Do it. Play chicken. Do it. Shut it down. Get 40, 50 million people ready to hunt you down and mm -hmm. take you out. You want to live in luxury? You want $5 million? I'm sure you want to buy yourself a nice little Lambo and an infinity pool. How about that? How about instead I send 60 million people, people down on your ass because you shut down their pipeline? How about we get the federal government to send some black helicopters to find out where you're at and shut you down? You want to live wealthy? This ain't the way to do it. Bring it on, buddy. Instead, they go, please just give us back our pipeline. We'll give you whatever you want. It's because morally, I think that's justified. You'd be the hero in the movie. But if you were the CEO of the company and you let them shut it down and your company lost $60 million in revenue as oh, a I result, oh, I do you'd it. get fired as CEO the next day. Don't care. So what? I don't care. So and, the then I, and then I, and then I, and you know what I would do? When they announced we are terminating CEO Tim Pool immediately, I'd say press conference. I do not negotiate with terrorists. If you want to <laughs> nuke our cities and shut down our pipelines, we will come for you. We will find you, and you will regret it. Dude, Instead, oil companies are not like all you know Blackwater capable of launching their own. I'm not military saying they attacks. are gonna. Right. I'm saying when you when you right. sh shutting down the largest pipeline in the U.S. was an attack on this country, and instead of the U.S. government saying we are going to hunt you down. 
and make you regret this choice? We paid them. We paid them. And then they, they make $90 million. These guys are kicking back pina coladas in, in, in Antalya somewhere on the beach with a bunch of other Russian tourists. And Congratulations. Probably, probably planning the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with a new name. Like if they, they printed the funny money, now they can, they're just giving it away. Ransomware probably took them just, a week to make. You have to act swift and hard against people like that. It is, it is international financial terrorism, you know, and even beyond financial terrorism because so, you're cutting off people's access to heat. Yes. And Tim, this is what you learned in what was it? I forget that class that you took. Um, what's it called? Where you're going into like oppositional places. They hostile talk, environment training? Yeah, the hostile environment training. They talk about how the U.S., uh, Americans don't get kidnapped. Right. Because the U.S. So this does is, not negotiate. Yeah, this is what the, so when I went through the hostile environment training, they did a simulated kidnapping. It was really fun. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, it was like role playing. Uh, they, they're, they give us this mission. They're like, Hey, you're going to get in this van and you're going to go and do an interview with this leader of like a terror organization or whatever. And then the van gets like surrounded and then you hear like fake guns go off and then they grab you and they put a bag over your head and they zip tie it or something. It's like a cloth bag. You can breathe just mm-hmm. fine. And then you like, they, they, you can't see where you're going and they bring you. There's like a bunch of weird noises. It's, it was so much fun. Like I, I knew where, where they were bringing us because they didn't have like a big facility. But you can hear like metal clanking and like muttering and like yelling and then like guns being messed with. And then they make you stand upright against the wall for two hours. It was crazy. It didn't feel like it felt like 10 minutes. Hmm. I was just standing there for two hours. Then they bring you in a room and they put a light right in front of your face and point it at you. And then you can only see like the waist down of these guys who are like with an accent asking you questions. It was a whole lot of fun. Afterwards, they explained to us like it was, this was a, a kidnapping scenario where if you're a journalist in a hostile territory, this is what might happen to you. After they, after everyone got interrogated, they make everyone stand against the wall again. And then all of a sudden you hear the door go boom. And then you hear like gunshots. And then you hear like down, 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 now, now. Get on the ground, everyone now. And we all get on the ground. Put your hands on your head now. And then the guys pick us up, walk us out, take the back. It was, it was so much fun. They told us when you get kidnapped, you got to just try and survive because the U.S. does not negotiate with terrorists, which means these guys who kidnap you can only expect a helicopter to fly overhead. Dudes jump out and they'll kill each and every one of you in the building and your families. So if you kidnap an American, you better apologize and let them go. But Germany and Spain pay out instantly. So when it comes to people in these territories in the Middle East, they love it when they find someone speaking German or Spanish. They're like, free money. We're going to make ourselves four million bucks. The American guy, they're like, you better think twice about this. The problem was ISIS didn't care. They mm-hmm. were at war and they didn't want money. They, they had ideology. So if they found out you were American, they're like, good. So depending on you know which country, that's the point. What, what we've done now in the U.S., we've got bad leadership. Sorry, it's true. Not like Trump was perfect, but they, 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 the biggest pipeline in the country gets hacked. And then Darkseid, the company that made the malware, was like, we didn't intend to do that, which shows exactly why what I'm saying works. You come out and say, the hacker group Darkside did this. Find them. They're responsible. Could you, what do you think would happen if all the gas prices skyrocketed, gas shortages sweep across the southeastern U.S.? You got 60 million people begging Joe Biden for war. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. 
With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Yeah, the, the Russian government would be like, uh, we're going to lock these guys up. I mean, I, I, get, I get all that, but I also just am like, I don't know that it, as a company CEO, as distinct from like a president, you can actually, you know, make that decision or that that decision is really yours to make, right? Like To pay the, the terrorists? To not, to not pay them, right? And then essentially force 60 million people to go without oil or something like Who that. Who decides to pay them? You do. Who decides to not pay them? Right, but like the, I'm saying that the you, that you are not like an elected official that as a moral matter you shouldn't be in the situation where you are in a position to get the oil pipeline running for a reasonable cost. Yeah, they should have went. Not do, and you they should, decide not to do it. They should have been able to go to the government and say it's in your hands. We're not paying. I mean, that was always their option. I just I think they paid. Me I, I can understand hours. why they paid. You know, like the, the consequences of not. I mean, we saw what happened with, like, the oil shutdown turned down for a week. We had a massive shortage. Yep, good. People need to start, like, respecting responsibility and understanding what it means to be a part of a country, to be a citizen, and be responsible for the the people who live here. What's happening now is someone says, for the betterment of myself, I would rather sacrifice the betterment of the nation. You know, it's like, you know, ask not what you can do for your country, but what you can do. Uh, my word, you have gotten right wing in the last year or two, my friend. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's not right wing at all. That's left wing. Uh, to be responsible? No, not, I mean. Collectivism is not right wing. No, but like this, I mean, there's there there's some big time like sacrifice for the greater good and not just for like, you know, soft greater good. But Do like we have a responsibility? Do we have a responsibility to protect the people of this country? Yes, Absolutely. So if we know that paying a ransom to terrorists will make this country worse and cause more suffering, should we stand together and say we, we will not negotiate with terrorists? I mean, I think, I think that there's actually a good case for a law to be written that basically bans companies from paying this sort of thing and then, you know, criminalizes it, prevent, essentially basically making it so that the companies, the incentives are different and, and doing something similar. So this that- was the easy way out that sacrifices our long-term prospects for this country. Now we're already hearing that even before this, this was before the colonial pipeline, CNA paid $40 million, and that probably paved the way for more of this, and it'll keep happening. They're going to hit cities, and what's going to happen is ideological extremists, they're not interested in the money. They're going to start asking for exorbitant fees, like $40 million, knowing I don't care if they pay or not, if they pay, great, we'll have more money to do more of this. When they gave the hackers $5 million, they funded a terrorist operation. That's true. There's another angle to this. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it, which is the crypto angle, right? I read a pretty compelling article today that was like making one of the points that, you know, one of the current primary use cases of crypto is ransom. Right. They uh, used, uh, I believe they used Bitcoin to pay the, 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 the ransom. It right. may have been Monero or something. And I mean, it'd be very challenging to do that in dollars or any actual currency through, through the banking system because there would be so many safeguards, you know, imposed by government. Um, and there's none of those imposed on crypto. And, you know, one has to, like, I'm unless, not, unless they use something like Monero, it's all trackable. And right, so they like, have to use. I guess my point, you know, I know you're a crypto guy. 
Tim, but like the, the logic that you just espoused about like the need to sacrifice for the greater good and, and the and the good of the country, like I feel like there's there's a pretty compelling argument that the greater good um, in the context of avoiding ransom and and really strength also the strength of the dollar as a country that would suggest that maybe like we should have a negative attitude towards cryptocurrency just because bad people bad people use dollars all the time. Sure, bad people use dollars all the time, but that doesn't mean that it's a lot harder. Bad to people do use these the internet things. all the time. Should we get rid of the internet? It allows bad people to communicate. Yeah, no, encrypted but, encrypted chat allows journalists to communicate. We should get rid of that, huh? No, 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 no. I didn't so just say, because there's one negative use case, we can't throw the whole thing out. We have to recognize that it's a tool, right? But I mean, if if there's a you know, if crypto's like there aren't that huge number of use cases for crypto as compared to other things. I mean, it's a you know, it's a currency, right? It's supposed to function. As the like, store, I wouldn't call Bitcoin necessarily a currency. A lot of people want it to be, but it's, right. it's hard. It's not extremely easy to transact. It takes a decent amount of time. It costs money. So right. it is a, is, it's, a, it's a digital, non-copyable asset. Sure. And so, I mean, they're like, you know, the other things you talk about, they're like obvious, massive, huge external uses. If a, if a primary use case of So smart contracts is, for crypto, right? Look, look, look. The, yeah. the, the long, sto- long story, I, I don't think you know enough about crypto to make that argument. Maybe not. Bitcoin enables things called smart contracts. The technology is in its infancy. Ethereum really expanded upon it. And so bad people use technology for bad things. Right. TNT wasn't invented to kill people, but they called Nobel the merchant I, of I death mean, I because of I think I know it. a decent amount about smart contracts, right? Like they're like self-executing contracts, right? Yeah, right. It's, it, 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 can, it can really become an efficient way of processing tons of things. In fact, smart contracts can be used. Blockchains, one of the, one of the most interesting things I've heard is how it can be used for uh, automatic uh, self-driving cars to communicate with each other and keep ledgers of all of the interactions very easily. So okay, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a lot that there's we don't. There's a lot yeah. of ways. It's like saying sure. it's like saying at the beginning of the internet, it's like you know 1997s. Like I don't know, criminals are using this stuff, so we should we should we should not be fans of it. If you implanted it into you, you could have it. Your body, when your body gets hungry, your coffee machine turns on and gets your coffee brewing for you and gets the the microwave turned I mean, on. That's, and sandwich that's out there, but it's coming. Well, the mean, point is, I think you can separate like the technology of. I mean. The cryptocurrency can be replicated. Obviously, there are a million different coins out there, right? And the the use cases that are technological, right? Smart contracts, uh, whatever this you know, drive self driving cars thing, blockchain technology, right? Don't rely on the cryptocurrency ledgers. itself being worth tens of thousands of dollars per coin, right? They but would they function. Are. They would function with it being worth a you know point zero zero one, and and, if, and Dogecoin is right. And yeah, sure. And I mean, if you were actually trying to develop this technology, you wouldn't be like, well, we're going to rely on Bitcoin for our self driving car exchanges because why would you incur the expense of using Bitcoin? I think right. that, you know the 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 primary you know I guess you know the way I see it from the persp- like a regulatory perspective is it's like is it in the interests of um, you know like the United States as a as a whole as a country for cryptocurrency to be this so for like, the people yes. store this store of value and 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 therefore like it, and being used as this very you know opaque currency. Um, outside of the you know the banking system, I don't know. It's the, mean, an- the answer is un- undoubtedly yes. When you have corrupt politicians exploiting the people, the mm. point is the people are supposed to be the government. We, the people, the consent of the governed. Instead, we have elites who are extracting value and burning everything to the ground, and they're using Nancy Pelosi buying tons of stock. Bef- you know, or or, or who, who are these other uh, Republicans who had a bunch of perfect Kelly trades? Lawler yeah. and the other guy yeah. was it Purdue? Yeah, and mm-hmm. they make a bunch of money. We see it over and over again that these people in Congress will make like the perfect trade just before some bill gets That's passed crazy. that causes a boom or, or collapse. So you've got elitists who are extracting from the system. You've got the banking system, the mass printing of money. Joe Biden now wants to spend $1.9 trillion at a time. 
uh, not $1.9 trillion at a time when we're having labor shortages because nobody wants to work. So yes, to secure the value of the labor of the individuals in this country, Bitcoin is fantastic. It, it's a lot. It, right now, Bitcoin functions primarily as a, not, a non-copyable digital asset for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't even in Bitcoin. A lot of financial institutions are getting involved in it, but it's decentralized. It's got stakes in a bunch of different places with a bunch of different people, and that's a good thing. When I'm talking about the pipeline, I'm talking about the people mm-hmm. standing up together and refusing to let terrorists take advantage of us. Because, again, the most important point here, not only are we encouraging the terror, like it's going to keep happening. We are funding it when we pay the ransom. So, I mean, the people, like again, I mean, we're talking about a private company CEO with shareholders who has an obligation to, the, to maximize shareholder value, right? Like to the extent that this would be imposed so that the CEO, I mean, I, you, you, I mean, I think you would need some sort of policy or like new law to constrain the behavior of CEOs so that they don't do the thing that is in their shareholders' best interest, i.e. pay a small, you know, a relatively small ransom to try to get the pipeline back on, right? It certainly, if, you know, the ransom people got paid $5 million, it definitely was costing more than $5 million for the pipeline to be shut off to Colonial. Should um, we allow people to give money to ISIS if ISIS is threatening someone in their family? No, or no. But should, I mean, should we allow companies to fund directly pay millions of dollars to terrorist organizations? Agreed. And so, and but this is my this is the corollary, right? Like we're talking about a go- then we're talking about a government policy that says, okay, for the collective good, we're going to ban these ransoms. We're going to criminalize it. I actually think that's a that is reasonably sound um, because right, like that's a there way to go. solve the sort of you know the principal agent problem, right? Like, or it's, I guess it's a collective action problem. Everybody's better off if nobody pays ransom, but it's in the individual interest to pay ransom. Right. So you, you know, that's how a government policy can come around. Well, there's, there's another dynamic to it, which is again, if, if, you know, there's an individual incentive for, you know, various individuals to have crypto, but the net effect of having crypto maybe is negative because it facilitates ransom. Like maybe the government should have a policy that is, you know, adversarial towards crypto. I, that, 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 I, there's no, there's no connection here. It makes no sense. Well, I mean, like, without crypto, it's pretty hard to see how... Without the internet, it's really hard to see how ter- the terrorists get paid. Sure, but, I mean, the internet has, you know, the infinite uses that we all use it for today. Crypto Not in 1995. I mean... In were news reports saying the internet wouldn't last, and it didn't do anything. And, and here's the other point. Like, adversarial towards crypto doesn't necessarily mean adversarial towards the technological applications of crypto that you're discussing, right. but in merely fact, adversarial we got towards Section 230 the currency one. From Congress in the mid-'90s to protect the internet in its infancy... To, em- to embolden it and empower it. Right. So if anything, we need the government to help us make it better and strengthen it. Maybe that's a better way of dealing with these things. But, I mean, I mean, what do you think about a national cryptocurrency? Like one, you know, different, distinct from Bitcoin, funded by, you know, supported by the government. Yeah, UCBC. They're, they're, they're already, I think, think, yeah, think India is doing it. I think the U.S. is already working on it. Central call, bank coin. People are calling it FedCoin. Yeah. I mean, you, you, there's other problems, obviously, that come to that because, you, you know, whenever you have a currency. You think the Federal you, Reserve is a good thing? I mean, I think here's the the thing. I think in general, one really good way to have an economic crisis is to have a, a currency that you cannot uh, dilute. Um, the, the that's the lesson. You know, the way to think about it is, I mean, that's the lesson of the euro crisis. So this is this is actually like a, an economic question about the inability for like what happens when you know countries become less productive. Um, and there's there's a basic behavioral truth. People don't like wage cuts. No one likes seeing their pay, take home pay cut in a, in nominal terms. Um, and so basically, you know, in America, like when that happens or in, in, when you have floating exchange rates, well, then the exchange rate just floats and your goods don't purchase as much of German goods, but at least in your own country, wages don't go down, but they're all in the Euro. And as a result, like wages 
you know, were sticky downwards. It's hard for them to go down. So instead, a lot of people just don't get employed. And that's the Euro crisis. That's the gold standard of the 1920s in England. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good reasons to think that like a really obvious trigger of recessions in the past has been, um, fixed exchange rates. And so it's not obvious to me that you would want to have a, you know, the government unable to dilute a money supply. Um, because in that world, essentially you're dealing with a fixed currency. And if you have a decrease in overall economic productivity, that's going to manifest itself in unemployment if you don't have dilution. I like, um, being able to spin up new cryptos to avoid the inability to dilute. So it'd be a sort of dilution by creating new finite supplies. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think that crypto as technology, I, I don't think it relies on having crypto as the store of value, you know, on, you know, anonymous world currency. Right. Um, and that, you know, I think the real query is if the, if, you know, the primary use case of the anonymous world currency, you know, crypto is ransom. That's not anonymous. Okay. Well, I guess not anonymous, but like yeah. pseudonymous or, or essentially like hard to. It's actually the opposite. It's uh Bitcoin tracks everything you do. Right. And they know who has what. Like, so there's stories all the time about which white supremacist has which Bitcoin and how much. Sure. Money. So it's actually more transparent and bad for a lot of these groups trying to operate for better or for worse in the shadows. But sure, now but there, I mean, there is Monero, which does obfuscate transactions. Right. And, and, and you know, I mean, obviously these, ran- I mean, we, every one of these ransomwares we're seeing is being paid off in crypto, right? Yeah. I don't okay. know. Is it? I'll so they're, they're, they use like uh, pools to manipulate the flow and then like take them in and launder Bitcoin and make it harder to track. Right. And so, I mean, there's, but they, and they, they do that and they don't do it through the normal banking system, right? There's nobody getting a wire transfer of ransomware money. I doubt right? it. Right. That, that would be insane. And no, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, wouldn't, I mean, to, to a bank account? I mean, if you, yeah. a bank account could be supervised by the sovereigns and, and sure, but much more easily than crypto. I'm not denying that it's a lot easier to pay a ransom with crypto than it was a bank, with a bank account, but I'm sure people have found ways to pay ransoms through bank accounts because crypto sure. is relatively new. Sure, but it's like the, you know, the explosion of these, these ransomware attacks. They're probably is, just is like, what, 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 with crypto. what do they do in the movies? Like Swiss bank accounts? Where the Swiss Yeah, but I mean, those don't, don't, those still don't work as well, right? There's still sovereign. Right, right, right. It's new technology. Them, you know. Um, so, so I think what we, what we should be saying is, We'd be having the exact same conversation in the '90s about the internet. It's 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 kind of an absurd argument. I mean, oh, I don't know. I think you know the the internet again. We you know the internet argument suggests that I mean, there's there's this plethora of use cases for the internet. I mean, we use it for everything we do now, everything. Uh, right, but in the '90s we didn't, and so people True. could say, why should we have this thing that's like one point zero one percent of our economy be facilitating crime? Well, sure, but I mean, I guess I've, I think I've answered that by saying that. The technological use cases of crypto that are, you know, the things that some of the, again, you gave the example of cars and yeah, smart contracts. Sure, but they're not reliant on crypto itself being a store of value in an anonymous global currency. Yeah, so that, well, they, 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 it, it is. Like, there, there are tokens that are utility tokens that are seemingly shouldn't be held as value, but they have value because they're they're non-copyable assets. There's they're, they're, they're scarcity to them. Like, right. Dogecoin has value in, in, in its memory. And the con- con- the confidence people have in the idea of Doge being funny, I mean, so they buy it even though it's an inflationary coin, and they keep printing more. Sure. And more of it. So maybe I mean I know there's my understanding of Bitcoin technology is that there's more and more coins. I mean at an ever decreasing rate, but more and more coins mined via computer. Mm-hmm. But so, it's, but there'll be about twenty million total. Right. It's all so done. I mean, imagine if if you're totally focused solely on the technological use of crypto, you'd probably want something that has a dramatically higher inflation rate right like, like a, dogecoin yeah i guess or something that creates you know you know it's so in, trivially easy to mine more new coins as opposed to difficult because like the idea dogecoin. of bitcoin is the yeah i guess i don't know that's the what details Doge, of Doge. yeah um 
but like that would be better technologically and then also that would be a terrible you know that would not be a great use case for i don't think for like ransomware if like the currency is just like constantly being eroded then nobody would be really willing to pay very much for any particular crypto right Right. but that like a good portion of crypto is inflationary and a good portion is deflationary Right. It's just saying, it's, crypto it's, is just non-copyable digital assets, and there's a lot of things that can be done with them. Sure, and I and I, I get all that. And so you know the question. I mean, again, I'm you know I'm not saying all crypto bad. I'm saying crypto designed to be a store of value, global stable global currency, probably bad. But it's not. But it, I mean, like if you look at if you look at the original ideas of what Bitcoin was, a lot yeah. of people would argue that it was meant to be a currency. Where mm-hmm. it's at today, it certainly isn't. Right. I know. And, but perhaps we shouldn't be trying to do that, that particular use case. It could be. Right. Like, you could use apples as a, or you could use seashells as a currency. Maple they syrup. used to. Yeah, some, yeah. Anything. They used to use seashells. Gold. Then right. they had to figure out gold coins because they were soft and you could cut them thin enough. And then they had made, now they make cotton. These dollars are made of cotton. Yeah. Um, but the thing about crypto is you could make a token, like Canon, who we use Canon cameras, could make a crypto that's like a smart contract crypto that... You know, if you have it, then when you sit down, all your cameras turn on. And so, but if you don't have it, you got to do it all manually. So it's a, it's a smart contract that does this stuff. So you want to go buy it. It doesn't have any value fiscally, but it has value functionally. So it will have fiscal value as a result. And it's like, there's no avoiding it. The the mind's utility token isn't, isn't supposed to have an inherent value necessarily. Right. It's used for, but because it, you can use a mind's token to boost your post. Well, views have value and the, the, token can do that then the token has monetary value sure um i I mean i can see i like my point is not necessarily to say that like the tokens everything's got monetary value yeah exactly like zero monetary value but rather that um making them undesirable as stores of value right it might be good because if you do so i I mean i don't know again this is beyond my technical capability i don't like the idea of the government printing money to steal the value of working class people to give to the ultra wealthy I mean, so I, I know, like crypto for that reason. I don't know. I mean, that's 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 the underlying argument for like the gold standard and general like fixed exchange rates in general. And I mean, I think that the difference is Bitcoin can be forked and modified to pay, based on consensus within the decentralized network. So when you look at Biden saying he wants to print six trillion or b- borrow up to like thirty trillion or whatever, and they keep giving money to people who aren't working, and then those people who aren't working are then buying from people who are working. It's essentially redistributing wealth and giving people a benefit to not work while others have to work because certainly someone has to. That's only possible yeah. because they can just make more over nonstop. And inflation is essentially a hidden tax on savings. Agreed. Agreed. Bitcoin is the opposite. But there's not, it's not just Bitcoin. There's a bunch of other cryptocurrencies that do a bunch of other things. So many of them have value because people value them like anything. And so I don't like the idea that working class people can't save money. They, they got to spend money to be in the bank. If they hold the dollars and the dollars lose value, maybe they can't afford a full ounce of gold. They'll try and buy something. I like the idea that they have a hedge and Bitcoin makes it extremely easy for, for most people. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's extraordinarily risky as a hedge. Uh, and I think in general, if you're trying to hedge against inflation, one of the better ways to do it. And if we're also one of the socially better ways to do it is to invest in stocks. Um, Equities. What makes you think Bitcoin's risky? What makes me think Bitcoin's risky? Um, because I could, see like, does it produce itself growth? Right? Does it produce profit? Yes. It produces heat when it's created. 
right, it consumes well, it. Well, the computer produces the produces heat. Produces heat. The computer but produces it, it. I guess. It doesn't so actually. It just trans- transfers the heat. Right, right, right. right yeah. but it I mean, transmutes the, it. I guess. Like, so it transmutes. But, I mean, it, it consumes energy. Yeah, it consumes electricity. It consumes electricity. Like, it doesn't. Like, businesses, you know, transform lesser valued, you know, factors of production into a finished products that are more valuable. To so, like, a, a digital asset that can't be copied is valuable to people. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, I'm saying, but like the asset itself versus the company that makes it, right? Like if you're investing in a company that transforms something to, you know, something of lesser value into something more value, just that's literally like, what they're doing, though. But like again, commodity versus the company, right? Like when I'm talking about equ- why like investing equities grow, they produce, th- you know, companies produce things and transform. You know, if they don't make things more valuable, they go out of business. Is, um, is a large rock? worth less than the iron that is perfectly extracted into an ingot from the rock? Like, obviously, the ingot's worth more as a piece of metal refined. So taking energy and converting that into a non-copyable digital asset that someone can hold and can be used for smart contracts, if people want to do it, sure. it becomes something more valuable. Sure, right. Okay, so that uh, and, and there's, again, distinguish the business and the commodity, right? Like the business of, you know, making Bitcoin versus And you can invest in the companies that, that mine, for sure. Right, right. And so... But, like, again, my, my point is that as a hedge against inflation, right, the token itself, like, there could be a move against it, and it could go dramatically. I, I don't know. Like, I see, you know, Bitcoin as being in some ways worse than gold um, or more risky than gold because it could go to zero in a way. How could it go to zero? How could it go, you know, in the same way that when— Gold can go to zero? Gold, gold has just underlying fundamental use cases. Like, like what? Beauty. You can uh, eat it. Industrial. You can right. definitely eat it. <laughs> you know, colloidal gold, gold flakes. I used to drink it a lot at the house. But, you, but with 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 crypto again, you have smart contracts. You have underlying use cases. You have a lot of things. Right, that but they, they don't rely, I mean like they don't rely on any particular crypto. Using gold right? as a, as a conductor doesn't rely on the value. In fact, it's inhibited. We could be using gold for technology, but the cost is prohibitively expensive because people just want it for no reason. Right. I mean, people want gold, and I mean, you could Why? argue that that underlying, you know that creates some higher demand for, but like those right, base, like Bitcoin. Sure. Okay. But the point, the idea is not like Bitcoin, like crypto, right? If you say crypto has use cases, therefore Bitcoin can't go to zero. It's like, well, Bitcoin has use cases. So it's extremely unlikely to go to zero. I mean, but like every, those use cases are universal to cryptos generally. And so it can be replaced by other cryptos. Right. Like, not necessarily. Well, I mean, I don't know. Th- theoretically you could create an identical coin to Bitcoin. Just yeah. using its open source code, but right. you don't have the network. You don't. Have, I mean, but the net may, is that even an advantage because of how much energy the network is burning? It's, a, it's an advantage because people use it. It's universally like. What if, what if someone said like gold? I could mm-hmm. use aluminum. You know, like it was wasn't aluminum worth more yeah. than gold at one point yeah. because it was harder to, to, to produce. That's true. Yeah, and, and so why, just use it different. Look, if metal is valuable, then we'll use any metal we want. Gold could go to zero because aluminum could go up. Or we could find a giant asteroid of gold, and we're like, wow, 
it's worth a, a thousandth of what we thought. Hey, what if right. what, what? That's true. I mean, there's and like, you can't do that with Bitcoin. Diamonds are intentionally inflated in value. They're really not worth that much. We can mass produce diamonds artificially yeah. using those those neon gas chambers. So gold has some use cases in terms of a, a conductive metal. I think silver mm-hmm. is better. And people don't use it for the most part because gold is way too expensive to actually use. So people just like having it as a status symbol. It's kind of a meaningless value, but the reality is gold is scarce. And mm-hmm. so people value it as a hedge because it's a scarce yeah, commodity. It's, 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 and it's not even that good a hedge, honestly. Like I'm not, I'm not like pro gold. Um, I'm pro investing in companies and, and like the American economy. So like you think the, being invested in a, in a valuable company that can weather the storm of a depression is a better, right. is, like, is a good hedge against Right. Cause think about it, like Apple, people are going to keep wanting iPhones because like, they, they make a incredible product. Um, that, you know, or, you know, companies that have like a sort of durable moat, a competitive moat. Um, they're going to be able, they have pricing power. So if inflation increases the cost of their factors of production, they can increase the price of the goods and people will still buy them. Um, and that ability to durably make profit, uh, you know, is, means that they are a good, even in a world of inflation means they are a good hedge against inflation. That's like one thing. I mean, you know, you can like gold is more of a, it's more speculating on fear in a way, right? Like you're, you know, gold isn't going to somehow magically replace the dollar as currency, but rather, um, if you're buying gold, you're sort of betting a, a good way to think about buying gold is that you're betting people are going to be more scared in a year or two years than they are currently. And therefore it'll go up in price. You're also betting the system will stay intact. The same is true to a certain degree with crypto, but more sure. So but gold. you're, you're much more wisely invested in that case because you've invested massively in ammunition and guns and things like that. Definitely. Which will be much more valuable. Which is why I, 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 I buy a decent, I, I have gold and I have silver, right. but I think about, it's, it's not so much about the guns. It's about investing in function. So mm-hmm. we've also got, we've got a kiln. We've got a forge. We've got fun. And for the most part, it's fun things to, you can make. We've also got 3D printers. This mm-hmm. is mostly for making stuff, but I'd rather buy something that does a thing than just buy a rock. Agreed. I don't. I don't think much of. But gold. I still do buy the shiny rocks. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> gold. They used to wear gold crowns. You know the kings. I think it has healing properties. Apparently, it was in the earth. <laughs> and when you know you get your trace minerals when you eat vegetables, you get like a little bit of iron in your diet. You used to get a little bit of gold in your diet. Gold. It, gold was just scarce and easy to mold. They they, they mined they most of it, it out of the earth because they wanted it for currency. And now when you eat, you don't get the trace mineral anymore. The gold's missing. So. People will supplement it by eating colloidal. They'll suspend it in water and drink a little bit at a time. Is that why all the flakes are in the little sushi, like the really nice Maybe. restaurants? Because it actually has <laughs> oh, yeah. has value. I hear that it coats flakes the, on a tiramisu. The neurons Ooh, in yeah. your brain, it'll coat them and allow them to conduct electricity faster. I felt that when I'm stretching, when my muscle would rip, if I had eaten nice. gold, it will fill in the, the muscle and I can keep stretching. I don't know about and all that. It would like soak into their skin, the, the kings, and that's why they would have they it touching their skin. And, and gold rings. Silver. And then people turn blue. blue. Silver is yeah. antibiotic. Uh, bacterial. Right. Yes. So if you have an infection, silver can cure, help you cure that or heal that. Mm-hmm. And then you I, turn blue. A lot of these metals, palladium and platinum, it's just not a real, it's not a science. People haven't really scientifically mm-hmm. done much, I don't think, with that, that research. But trace minerals are legit for your diet. True. Like Cryptocurrency say, is a great technology. Moses, they say, ground up that golden calf yeah. and I'm fed not, it I'm to the people. Hitting anybody for making a good trade. Like if you made a good trade, you made a good trade. Like that's that the rules of trading are you make money. With I, I think there are people money. who just. Like, are Bitcoin doomers arbitrarily? Like Dogecoin, I understand if you're like Dogecoin's a bad bet because it's an inflationary currency that's mass produced. Right. So it's like guaranteed to go down unless people are memeing it up, which can't go like really can't go that long. Now Elon Musk is trying to get developers to 
alter Doge because they can. They basically can because it's effectively abandonware. And then maybe they'll do something to make it more stable, but it's an incredibly unstable coin. Incredibly. Yeah, Elon, I mean, and Elon, of course, encouraged everybody to buy it because Elon is a stock promoter with some research projects on the side. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, that's his So he business. probably, I bet he sold all his Doge at the top. Oh, sure. Right, right. You know, what do they say? Uh, uh, buy on the rumor, sell on the news? Is that the saying? Right. I mean, there, there's a weird <laughs> way of making money in crypto that just becomes obvious, right? If you're a massive social media influencer, you just buy a bunch of a random No, 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 no. You can make it like that. Yeah. You like, can make ERC-20 tokens just instantly. Yeah. Make tokens, encourage your, your, your followers to buy them, sell the tokens. It's, the crazy, it's crazy. You know, it's not to be honest. Violation. I but, think it but I mean, is, actually. I don't even no, want to draw no, the wrath, but man. No, no, no. It's, it's vicious. I, I can make a bunch of t-shirts and sell them. Isn't that crazy? Mm, I, I mean, can I can make a t-shirt and be like, everybody should buy this t-shirt and get your to the moon t-shirt oh. at TimCast.com by clicking the store <laughs> button. I can make t-shirts and sell them. I mean, the, the question is going to be whether it falls under the technical definition of a security. It's not. It's Crypto? a commodity. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the SEC has said that. So the issue is, if, uh, what's happened to a lot of these companies that the SEC has gone after or questioned is that they'll start a company, create the tokens, and then sell them mm-hmm. to get funding for the company. Mm-hmm. And so they say, you're issuing a security. It's yeah. a really interesting argument because I can make little cards that say, like, I, I, can make, I can buy a bunch of white cardstock and autograph them, and I can get a million of them, and I can say, who wants to buy them? And people will buy them for a dollar each, and then I make a million dollars. If you've got the, if you got the network and the influence, is that a security? No, you're not getting anything from the company. I don't know. I'm, you know, this is an area of law. I actually, you know, it was I took securities regulation in 3L when you stop paying attention because your your job's already settled at that point. So, you know, my my, my knowledge of securities regulations is fairly weak. You, the, theoretically, making a million tokens is just a digital object, and you can make it and you can sell it. It's a matter of like, what do they call ICO, initial coin offering? That's when they spin up a million and then they'd sell 500,000 of them. The mm-hmm. issue is if the coins have a function for the business, I suppose. Right. If they're utilities, then they're not securities. This is my rudimentary understanding. I don't know if it's, it's real or not, well, man. I'm, I wish I As did. a lawyer, I have no idea. Okay. So. Maybe we're, we're in too <laughs> deep, you guys. But okay. So my thoughts on crypto. I don't like the government spying on us. I don't like it knowing or, or people with guns knowing every move that I'm making. Then don't buy Bitcoin. But I also, I, I, so in that sense, I support Monero, but I see the danger in the, uh, of, of not being able to keep an eye on dangerous activity. But I also value, I want everyone to have their own crypto that, that you can, you can use my crypto to buy my services with a discount. So there'll create inherent value. You know, my behavior creates inherent value for my crypto. And then we have an unlimited supply, but mm-hmm. it's also limited because you know how many there will ever be. I don't know. I, I, you know, I used to, because the reason I argue so much about this is because I used to be a hardcore libertarian. Like I bought gold. I was into the, you know, in 2008 or something. I made money on the trade, even though I was wrong about the reason why it went up. Um, and, and so, you know, I look back and I'm not even sure. You know, and I, th- I think a lot about, I've thought a lot about currency generally, not necessarily crypto itself, but currency more broadly. And, you know, there's real benefits to having a reserve currency as a country and being the beneficiaries of this, right? Like the way to think about it is China basically is subsidizing so much of what we do. And, you know, as is the rest of the world, the fact that we can just print immense amounts of money. And I mean, we're going to see some inflation, but not like have the currency collapse into a heap. Um, and why doesn't it do that? Well, it's needed to pay tribute to the, you know, by 300 million of the wealthiest people in the world to pay tribute to the most powerful institution in the world. 
Um, and so, my opinion, I think Bitcoin will go to a million bucks. I think you know Max Kaiser has said he, he his target for this year is like two hundred twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. If I had listened to Max Kaiser in twenty twelve, I'd be a billionaire right now. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm literally not exaggerating. And I mean, I like I billionaire. Don't know. I, I mean, Bitcoin was trading at less than a dollar. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I remember seeing you could have spent Bitcoin. You, there, there was a period where uh, 2011, you could have spent 10 grand, mm-hmm. and it would have made you a billionaire in 10 years. It's crazy. I asked a dude like, "Where do I get it?" It was 2011, I think, and he, we were playing poker, and he's like, "You got to write down your key on a piece of paper." I was like, "What?" I remember. What those if it gets days. burnt or I lose it? He's like, "Then you lose all your bur- your bitcoins." And I, I was like, "They're worth 70 cents, dude. I'm not messing with it." It was it was it was it was so difficult to buy. That was one of the issues too. Back in 2011, yeah. my famous famous story when my friend talked me out of buying, he did, but it was also just like the e- it was easy to talk me out of it because I didn't even know how to buy it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on these forums and they're like willing to sell Bitcoin, and I'm like, "Bro, you're in Nebraska. I'm in LA." Like, I don't, even, I don't even know. So I was like, whatever. There's a thing called the Bitcoin faucet that was giving out, I think, 0.05 of a Bitcoin every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like hitting the button. And I had like 1.5 Bitcoin just from this thing. And it was worth less than a dollar. And I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, at the time, everybody thought they had better ways to not forty. Now, now that would be 60 grand. <laughs> you know? And I mean, like, and that's where, I mean, on the other hand, I'm not, you know, I, I'll candidly admit, like, I got that trade wrong. That would have been great to get in on the early Bitcoin trade as a speculative matter. See, here's what you don't understand. I've been through that loop probably 10 times. Mm-hmm. At, when I saw it at 70 cents and then it hit a dollar, I was like, a oh, dollar? Man, I should have bought. Then I saw it at $5 and I was like, oh, no. then I saw it hit 15. Oh, then 20, then 50, then 100, then 200, then 500, then 1,000. And every single time I said, if only I bought then, if only I bought then. And I remember when it hit 1,700, I was like, you know what? It was an all-time high. I was like, I'm buying it. Mm-hmm. Because I know what's going to happen. It's going to go up. I'm going to say, if only I bought again. And I bought it. I, I bought a small amount. And then I forgot about it. And then I just went out, went out with my daily business. And then I remember when it hit. Because it was at, it, I bought it at 1700 It went up to like 13 in November. I bought mm-hmm. a little bit more. I was like, oh, well, yeah, look. So I got a little bit in my, in my wallet. Whatever. I ignored it. Then when it hit 40 within like three months, I was like, where's that phone? And I'm like looking for the account. And then I found it. And I was like, I'm sure glad I bought Peter Schiff has been anti-Bitcoin forever. Yeah, he's also been pro-gold, and he's been wrong about a lot of things. But it's funny that it's like Bitcoin hits, you know, 100 bucks, and he's like, ah, this is nothing. And now he's still complaining about it because it fell 30% to $40,000. And he's like, you see the thing about Bitcoin? I'm like, bro, I'm sorry, dude. You want to complain about Bitcoin? It's at 40 grand. Do you think I'm upset that it fell to 40 grand? Do you think most of the people who've been active in the crypto space are crying right now? There's a dude who like sold his house to buy a bunch of Bitcoin and that this was four, four years ago. Bitcoin was at 1700 and he's still actively like, woo, this is great because it is a new technology. And imagine if you bought Apple stock, you know, before the iPod came out, you would be very happy after the iPod. It's, 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 it's not the same thing. I totally get your point. I like investing in functional things like companies. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You're hoping the company continues to be functional. Right, like there's always the risk that the company stops making something people want, you know, right. or or just has some some business problems. So it's a different kind of investment. It is. It is a different kind of investment. Bitcoin um, is first in and best dressed. It is decentralized and extremely difficult, if not impossible, to control the network. Now, Elon, of course, can screw with it, but a lot of people think he's the one who caused this massive sell-off. It's actually tax season. 
And he probably mm. knew that, which is why he made his move. I don't know why he made his move. But you see, people throughout the year, especially when Bitcoin went from thirteen to $64,000, probably cashed out a little bit and went and partied. Tax season comes up. You got to pay the IRS when they're like, hey, where'd you get that fifteen grand from? Oh, I cashed out some Bitcoin. Okay, well, you got to pay 30%. Oh, let me sell some Bitcoin to pay you off. That right. caused a huge sell-off. Now, here's what happened. Bitcoin dropped down to, I think, twenty nine eight, and then almost in a split second jumped right back up to thirty five. Why? Because there was a whale waiting with a program preset. The moment Bitcoin hits 30, you put in millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Someone noticed $750 million move off of exchanges around this time. Somebody became a multi-billionaire in that sell-off. Sure. I mean, you know, that's, you know, but I mean, I guess like that sort of trading logic applies to ever, any sort of security. Absolutely. Ever, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, the question is this, is this like a really going to be valuable thing or is this going to be tulips, right? I think we're, we're, we're at 10 years. Uh, it's, it's been around for, I think, 13 years, Bitcoin, 2008. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it's continually climbed. It's been adopted by some of the wealthiest financial institutions on the planet. You know, one of the things that really got me is I, 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 when it was at 70 cents, I'm like, nobody uses this. Why am I mm-hmm. going to be confident in something nobody uses? Now, when I got to 20 bucks, you had an old Magic the Gathering website, Mt. Gox. It was M-T-G-O-X-Y. It was Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. And mm-hmm. then when this guy was like, Bitcoin's a thing, he started calling it Mount Gox. Like, it's actually a mountain. It's like rebranding to sell Bitcoin. Well, that, that went belly up. I lost Bitcoin there. They got hacked, B- right? Yeah, BTC, or I don't know what happened, but BTCE goes belly up. I lost some Bitcoin there. But they still, I didn't care. They weren't worth that much, and it wasn't heavily adopted. Then the Winklevoss twins were like, we're going to put in, what did they put in, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Then you see a bunch of financial institutions finally say, we're going to start offer, offering this portfolio. So I was like, okay, I really don't think these financial institutions will let themselves lose the money. So they'll resist. They'll probably manipulate like Elon Musk does. So that's why a lot of people buy Dogecoin. A lot of dumb people sold. I'm not telling anybody what to do. No financial advice here. But Elon is pumping Doge. He wants to get rich off of pumping Doge, in my opinion. And so these these whales, these high-profile individuals of 55 million followers are going to be manipulating playing that game. Sure, but I mean, you know, I, I think housing crisis, right? Like, the, nobody thought the housing market would go down. Nobody thought that the banks would get, you know, lose any money to the housing crisis. And surely nobody thought Lehman Brothers would go under. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm. For sure. Bitcoin, right. Bitcoin could, could end tomorrow, I suppose. I just, uh, the, the bigger risk, I suppose, is that it's young. People have confidence in gold because they've been born into confidence in gold. I mean, I think it's silly to have confidence in gold, frankly, too. You know, like, the, I mean, I want to be clear. I think that it's just, it's a thing. And Bitcoin won't end. Um, looking at it as a, as a monetary value is wrong. It's not wrong. It's, it's just, it's, it's 1% of the way there. It's short-sighted. It's the functionality of the, of the technology that's, in, it's, in, it's changing everything about the way we interact as humans. And it will continue to do so as we, become more cybernetic, you know, more attached to these devices. To, to, I can trade and make millions of dollars in a split second now. To, to, put, it, to put it simply, there, this, this was a, something that this, this could be maybe a meme, but people are pointing out the cost, the energy costs for the financial system that exists today mm-hmm. is like 40% more than the energy cost of maintaining Bitcoin, just Bitcoin. Right. But it's, I mean, it just strikes me as, you know, couldn't you outcompete Bitcoin with one that was less energy intensive? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. you know. Just like silver is a better conductor than gold, and we can use silver for certain things, but we typically hold them as stores of value, there's going to be more cryptocurrencies. There was a super chat. We'll yeah. read more, but someone mentioned that Dogecoin is actually stable because it has a standard 2% inflation per year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but people are saying that basically means 
Yeah, I, I have, slowly go up. I have no, you know, I have no idea. I, like, I don't invest in crypto and no financial advice. Right. Uh, I'm excited for. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a doomer, but I'm a skeptic. Certainly. I like. Would you guys like inject a cryptocurrency into you to control machines? There's a patent for. Uh, I think there's a patent for like monitoring your body levels or something. It's a Microsoft patent. Zero six zero six zero six something like that. Yeah. You you either eat it or you inject it. Or you put a tattoo on, and it can measure you. if you're. Looking at a commercial, it can tell that you're seeing that commercial, and then it'll pay you crypto for watching it. Creepy. Dude. And you're going to be able to turn your machines on from a distance, like, with, would you do it, though? Because you're going to be tracked. You're going to be able to turn your electricity on your home the moment you walk in your home without having to call a company. As you wake up, it'll all start for you. You're not going to need to send in your identification or anything. You're going to literally walk in. And you're going to scan. It's going to get your address, and it's going to know. It's going You'll to be, be like, able to walk to into your friend's house and power their stuff while you're there, like contribute to their network. Sure, but like cool you, I mean, you can kind of already do some of that, right? I don't know. Like, I I just got a new apartment, and there's like literally I can control and every, I can, my whole apartment from my phone. I can Venmo my friend, right? Now, exactly. Which right. Is basically, like the the rudimentary beginnings of contributing. You know. Sure. Right. Like, right. The, the the issue is it's decentralized. Decentralization is epic. We need more of it. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's positives and negatives. All right. Well, let's jump to a new story then. Because <laughs> otherwise we'll go in circles. This is amazing. <laughs> Check this out. PolitiFact has archived a fact check. They have rebunked the lab leak hypothesis. Oh, yeah. Archived fact checks. Tucker Carlson guest airs debunked conspiracy theory that COVID-19 was created in a lab. Interesting. They have an editor's note from May 17th, 2021. The great rebunking. They say, when this fact check was first published in September 2020, PolitiFact sources included researchers who asserted the SARS-CoV-2 virus could not have been manipulated. That assertion is now more widely disputed. Huh. For that reason, we are removing this fact check from our database pending a more thorough review. Currently, we consider the claim to be unsupported by evidence and in dispute. The original fact check in its entirety is preserved below for transparency and archival purposes. Read our May 2021 report for more information, blah, 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 blah. What they're basically saying is they published fake news based on some guy's opinion. Let me stress. They say, researchers who asserted, PolitiFact, can we change your name to PolitiPinion? Because having some guys come on and say, here's what I think, is not fact checking. It's opinion checking. I could pull the opinion out of the ass of some homeless guy in my alley who says that he thinks it's not true, and I can publish on my website. How about I do that? I don't know who these researchers are. This is what annoys me about the mainstream media. Our opinion, guys, are facts. Your opinion, guys, are wrong. That's the name of the game. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have total contempt for the New York Times and the Washington Post yet, <laughs> I don't know what it would take. One of the weird things about facts is they can be wrong. Like, a fact can be not right. But it's still – like, if you say the sky is red, that is a fact. That is a factual statement. It it's is a, it's not a correct. You're, it you're, is you're, also you're, wrong, but it, it is, is still, it's not an opinion. It's a statement of fact that is not right. That's, that's actually, that's actually a good point. And I think you understand this. You have to make a statement of fact in order to be sued for defamation. It's yes. a false statement of fact. Right. But it has to be legally considered a statement well, of mean, fact. Th- th- there's a factual statement in this context though, right? Like, so this is clearly susceptible to fact checking, right? Like, did the, did the virus come from a lab or not? The real, I think the real question is, would it be a conspiracy theory? And I, I would argue that it couldn't be a conspiracy theory because there's no conspiracy theorized, right? Well, not, not, not just that. It's- With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, 
and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When this story came out, it was a, is it possible? It, no one said it is. Well, a lot right. of people said it was. But like in, in media, in conservative media, in independent media, they were saying, interesting, the- interesting. And the reason for it, like right when this story broke, I even talked about it before there was anything happening in the U.S. because the Wuhan Institute was right next to the wet market. Right. And so the, everybody was like, yo. And you don't, you don't have to say, you don't have to think there's like some colluding Chinese scientist deciding to, you know, evil and unleash this virus on everybody. You could be like, somebody made a mistake. That's not a conspiracy yeah, theory, right? Door it was got like, popped open. You know, if one person could have done something, it's not a conspiracy, right? I always said that it's about that. I think I told you this joke or before, like people would say the Notre Dame, the idea that Notre Dame burned because of arson. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. No, one person can burn down a building. Or, it's not a conspiracy. Or it could have been a dude smoking who flicked a cigarette. Right, exactly. Could have been an accident. Could have been... Right. Intentional, whatever. Right. So this is the problem with today's media is that if it doesn't fit the narrative and they want power, they will immediately assert opinion as fact and get away with it. It's also they they they, also, they see their jobs totally wrong. Like this whole, you know, since it's literally just since Trump, since Trump, they've seen their jobs no longer as like discovering truth, but rather p- policing heresy. Right. Yeah. So here's a here's a weird fact. Did you know that like at the turn of the century? There, what, imagine. Okay, here's the here's the question. Ready to frame it? What do you think the most popular major was at the turn of the 20th century? The most popular what? Major in college. What do you think people graduated in the most? Folklore and mythology. <laughs> That's close awesome. enough. Theology. Wow. <laughs> There's always going to be a market for mediocre intellects who can do nothing but point and say something doesn't fit conventional wisdom. Right. So we have to do something with those people. And in the turn of the century, the, you know, the received wisdom meant that they would all be theology majors policing heresy. Now they're all journalists policing conspiracy theories. Everything's a conspiracy even when one person doesn't. Because conspiracy theory just means story we don't agree with. Correct. But, but I, I have to stress, PolitiFact did no research on this. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. They get an opinion, and some guy goes, in my opinion, I think it's not true. Debunked! We have officially debunked a conspiracy theory by getting a guy with an opinion to say it wasn't true. Uh, well, well, there are scientists who have tons of opinions on, like, string theory or M-theory or whatever, and they probably don't agree with each other on the math. Which one's the conspiracy? Whichever one the corporations dictate. So here, I, I got a bunch of sources for you. Check it out. You may have heard that uh, Rand Paul questioned Fauci about gain-of-function research. Newsweek reported on this. We've talked about it with Luke when he was here. Gain-of-function research. I think Luke took a more... Um, apocalyptic view of it where mm-hmm. it was like to make you know luke was saying to make the virus as crazy as possible gain of function involves yes increasing vi- virility or something but not always to make it the most right you know it doesn't mean you're going from zero to 100 maybe you're right. going it, from 10 to 15 you know or like, 10 to 11 like yeah. what if it was like if this if this evolves in this way how do we deal with it in this way and so yes there was funding that went to gain of function research fauci lied in this testimony, even the even PolitiFact says, well, there was funding from the U.S. to Wuhan's lab for gain-of-function research. And uh, now the story is like maybe the lab lab leak thing is, is, is possible. Let me, let me pull up some of these things I pulled up. So we got this. Mm-hmm. This is from April 28th, 2020. NIH cancels funding for bat coronavirus research project. The abrupt termination comes after the research drew President Trump's attention for its ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Late. 
NIH was providing funding for bat coronavirus research at Wuhan's Institute of Virology. <laughs> That's where the bat coronavirus came from. Yeah. This is well, we don't. We uh, it came from. We a don't mile know away it, from that. Place, right. Exactly. Right? Like, like across the street. So yeah. this is thescientist.com, a NewsGuard certified source, 100 out of 100. And I use this because if it's wrong, don't get mad at me. NewsGuard said it is the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And they reported this a year before. We have this story from February 25th, 2019. Human error in high biocontainment labs, a likely pandemic threat. Incidents causing potential exposure to pathogens frequently in high security yeah. labs. You get the point. They talk about a bunch of stories. It's not necessarily about Wuhan. But the point is... The, the likelihood of a lab leak, potentially high, they say human error and high is, is a likely pandemic threat. So is it possible that a pathogen leaked from a lab? According to the bulletin.org, I don't know if it's like the bastion of, this one's not NewsGuard certified. Mm-hmm. They, they, were, they reported in 2019 it was. When we go over to the Washington Post, fact checking the Paul Fauci flap over Wuhan lab funding. This is where it gets funny because they start playing games. Well, it's not really gain of re- function. It's it's overly verbose. The grant was it was it was more like dark money. It wasn't specifically for you know uh, uh, bat coronavirus. You sound like but, Fauci, right? Yeah, you it was, he was. Voice. You know, when you said he lied, I would be like, he was misleading. He no, was he very, lied. I don't know. I mean, because like he, I, like from my understanding is that he defines gain of function research in a very narrow and lawyerly way. That, that, that's that. I'm sorry. That's lying. Okay. How does if, he? Do you know how he defines it? We, I don't we have exactly. never. I'm mis, uh, with all due respect. You are wrong. We have never provided funding for gain of function research. And then you have Politifact. Yes, they did gain of function research. Yeah, but Fauci's arguing semantics. You know. Nah, you don't. Get pharma to do got a lot of shit from everybody for a really long time. Uh, and you know our public health authorities were always held in extremely high esteem. Like if you actually looked at that, right? Like pe- what are people's opinion of the NIH? CDC versus what are the people's opinion of pharma companies. NIH looks like it probably caused the pandemic and killed a few million people, like, or has, you, a, you, has, a, has a role. I think, I think the lab leak hypothesis is right. Um, and if not NIH, then institutional public health, right? Right. Uh, and pharma companies solved it. <laughs> right. Did you see the video from the White House where they're all hugging and kissing and, like, no one's wearing any masks? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. new. And so I tweeted the pandemic was over. Somewhat facetiously, YouTube, chill. I'm making a point that the White House, nobody was doing anything. Yeah. And, and, I mean, so there we go. I mean, the, the taxes in Florida have lifted restrictions, obviously, a while ago. And now I was recently watching, there's a CNN segment with Fauci and uh, Chris Cuomo. And Cuomo was like, why aren't there uh, uh, vaccine passports? And Fauci said, because we can't force people to get the vaccine. So that means... If the guideline is if you're vaccinated, you're okay. Take your mask off and these businesses can choose what they want to do. What else is left? People who don't want to get it aren't going to get it. But I I will mention one thing that's really hilarious. Mm -hmm. How does it make sense that if you get the vaccine, you can still get sick, but you'll be asymptomatic like Bill Maher was recently. So you'll be able to give people COVID, right? If you're, uh, I, that's not my understanding of the latest sciences that suggests that it does. It's very not transmissible by people who've been vaccinated. In the okay. same way, that's oh, not well, really there you, then there not you go. transmissible by makes people sense, who've had then. it before. Then, I, then, then, then I stand. Then I will stop right there and say, "All right, makes sense." Yeah. There you go. So then, uh, why should people who aren't vaccinated wear masks? Um, if, who aren't vaccinated so wear that masks? Other people who aren't vaccinated don't get sick. Well, I mean, it, like at this point, 
that yeah, I think you're right that there's that's kind of a weird argument to be making in general. I think once you know once facts you know mask wearing before was a public health measure because there's no other measure available at all to like deal with spread. But like once everybody has the personal choice about whether to be vaccinated or not, I, the okay. value of masks. You know what? You know what's really uh, irksome. What the lab leak hypothesis was published last year by the Washington Post, and that was what, like, really the first time I saw it. There was also stories from the Daily Mail and a few others that were asking these questions. And immediately, very left-leaning Democrat media said it's a conspiracy theory. PolitiFact, for instance, is extremely Everyone who did that should be out of a job. In a a properly functioning media environment, every one of those journalists, that would be like... Because, like, think about, are there more important... How many more important questions are there than how did the pandemic that killed 3 million people start, Right. And you went out there and you said the theory that actually looks like the most prominent was impossible and a debunked conspiracy theory. Based on Quit. opinion. Go be a barista. Do something else. And it like, like got people's livelihoods destroyed. And it, like people that would talk about it online would get shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like lost yeah. revenue and things. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah that, Go be a barista. You're not a journalist anymore. Yes. Like you, you're a journalist. Maybe we need like professional licensing for journalists in the same way that we have. I wonder now for if, uh, lawyers. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Anybody out there who knows anybody who's, who had a strike or was taken off, who was taken down or suspended for talking about lab leak should file a, a lawsuit against PolitiFact. Yeah. There's, 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 there's real damages. There's there. a, yeah. There, that's a real, yeah. Actual damages for defamation, right? You def- yep. you know, although I mean, since it probably, you know, they would say it was specifically intentionally lying, but yeah, reckless disregard for the truth by claiming that an opinion of a researcher was a fact. Yeah, People you have try. to. You've look. James O'Keefe won that New York Times motion to dismiss. He won. He won the motion to dismiss. Right, which is where the judge said, "I, if you're gonna insert, insert opinions, you have to say it's an opinion. That makes sense to me. We'll see where it goes from there. But at least he got to that point. Yeah. So you can't just. I think it's defeatist to be like, well, they'll probably say no. Well, file it anyway. Well, it depends. Can. You have to be. You have to be able to allege malice, right? Like, and, and reckless or dis- reckless disregard. But reckless disregard has a. Te- I mean, it has a technical meaning, like you know, and that's like that's ultimately going to be like conscious disregard. Right. So like improving that's always going to be very challenging. I mean, sure, they, sure, there's sure, a unique, you got to fight. fight. And oh, the O'Keefe case has the unique thing of like, they have the timestamp of when the emails were sent and the impossibility of comment, which is how he got over, um, asserting the problem yeah. of asserting mails. So all these news outlets started lying. YouTube just agreed with the liars and then negatively impacted people. And now they're all starting to come around. Why, why is it that conservatives just buckle so easily? Well, you know, we just don't control the media. And it'd be really nice if we did. Yeah. The media became more and more left-leaning. And maybe it'll change. You know, uh, Daily Wire is doing particularly well. We need to overturn New York Times v. Sullivan. Um, it's it's too hard to prove defamation. Like, the the, the intent standard that we've talked about, malice, right. is, is way... Because it means you have to prove someone's state of mind when they and lie. And can't... Wouldn't it be more reasonable to just be able to allege defamation, file a suit... Say to a judge, here's the fact that they got wrong and proof. And if it's true, the judge can say, issue a correction. Right. And also, I mean, think about it from the perspective of like, what, what is defamation, right? Defamation is you've said something that's injured someone else's reputation. Well, the person whose reputation is injured is an innocent victim who had nothing to do with it, right? You just talked about them and lied about them and said, said something false about them that hurt them, that did them damage. Like, maybe you should just be liable for that. Maybe we shouldn't look at whether or not you knew you were lying, like maybe you were, or maybe we just have Absolutely. a lower standard of like negligence. Like if you were just, if you didn't take reasonable care and you said something about someone 
that was false and did them damage, is it you so, should pay for it. Is it so hard for the New York Times to just put apologies? We were wrong about this. Right. Like, uh, I mean, or God forbid they actually just have to, you know, they have a process where their editors ensure that whenever they make factual statements about someone that could injure their reputation, they take reasonable care. Yeah. Right? Like they do, they act like reasonable journalists. Not that they knowing, the standard shouldn't be, did the New York Times knowingly lie? The standard should be, did the New so York what Times if take reasonable care? What we do is, we put the burden on the, uh, the, the plaintiff so that, but we get rid of the standard. So basically, make it so that you have to show the court what you perceive to be defamation and evidence to support that it, that it's what they said was demonstrably false. Mm-hmm. Only after those two are, criteria are met, then the person being sued has to respond. I mean, that's kind of the way it works now, right? You have to, you know, allege. Um, and, and basically, you have to. I mean, to like, allege. do go a step forward in actually presenting your case of, like, here's proof to state that it's an incorrect statement. Yeah, I mean, usually that's that's done. That's the easy part of defamation, right? Usually when you bring a defamation case, you have that evidence. And, and honestly, like, you probably have to do that and already. Then, if, so, like, if I said something and then someone filed a suit against me and said, he said, you know, X equals Y, but, you know, actually it's X equals Z, then my response is just, here's an article from the New York Times, you know, or whatever, and here's the evidence backing that up. Would that be sufficient? I mean, it would be, again, probably, because you, you'd have to show that, are you t- did you take reasonable care, right? Like, and yeah. what reasonable care is going to look like is probably developed through judges. But we, we, we know what it looks like in, in the context of journalism. Like, did you research the claim? Did you try and verify it was true or false? Did you make a good faith effort to do so? If yes, then probably That's don't. That's tough. It is tough. You know? It's still, it's still but really it's, it's better. It's a lot better than, can you prove that I knew I was lying or ra- that I consciously right. disregarded? The, the problem now is yeah. the New York Times can lie, PolitiFact can lie, and you cannot do anything about it. And right. it gets put into the record. It gets put into historical mm-hmm. record and encyclopedia. And mm-hmm. then people end up believing insane BS. And that's not the way it was in this country before New York Times v. Sullivan, which constitutionalized. Right Before that, there was libel law in every state. It totally coexisted with the First Amendment. That's not except until like the the Warren court decided no we're going to eviscerate state level libel law and impose new federal rules, um, and then it's not the way it is in other countries too right like the, in Europe uh, especially in England like libel law sounds a lot more like what I talked about where the standard is not did can you prove they said something false but rather like did you take reasonable care? I, yeah, I'm concerned like if YouTubers smack talk each other that one will get busted. If we repeal Times v. Sullivan, which I don't actually know, what is it exactly, Times v. Sullivan? So Times v. Sullivan is is the case that sets the standard for intent in the defamation case. And that's distinct from what you're talking about. Like, when you're smack-talking, that could be, like, opinion, hyperbole. Like, if it's not intentionally meant as true, then it's not something that could be defamatory in the first place, right? It has to be, like, a false statement, you know, put forward for its truth. Um, I don't know if I got that exactly right. Opinions but it's would still be protected. Opinions would still be protected. The question is, like, once you've demonstrated that somebody said something false about you, what do you have to prove about their state of mind, right? And if the standard is actual malice, you have to prove not only that they said something false, but that they knew it was false when they said it, or that they had what's called reckless disregard for the truth. But that reckless does a lot of work. You have to prove, like, conscious knowledge of or, or conscious disregard of things they should have done. Uh, Potentially in the James O'Keefe case, the New York Times. Yeah, exactly. Like, they didn't even bother calling the people to like fact check. Right. They just said, D- D- James O'Keefe is lying. It's like, well, did you actually look into that? No. 
And Nobody also, knows like we don't. That might get reversed on appeal. You know, like that—that's just one state court judge. You know, we don't—we don't know if that—if that ultimately proves it. Whereas, again, negligence is very common throughout tort law, and that's not intent. Like, you can just be negligent if you didn't take reasonable care. So, if we repeal times v. Sullivan, could you be negligent and not be held responsible? Well, if we if we repeal times v. Sullivan, that times v. Sullivan set a federal rule for what the intent standard had to be in defamation cases. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Repealing it means, okay, now we're back to state by state them, themselves figuring out what the rule should be in defamation cases. And if I'm in Texas using a YouTube video where whose headquarters is in California talking about someone in North Dakota, then are all three states involved? Welcome to choice of law. Oh <laughs> like that's actually a very common – this is not – you know, defamation is not the only area of law. There are obviously areas of law, contract law, for example, where most things aren't – where things aren't federalized in civil litigation. And so oftentimes a question comes up of which state's law do you choose to apply? Um, and so that's, that's very complicated. Uh, and each state has their own, here's another really, really been right. Each state has their own laws about how to choose which law applies in their courts. Uh, well, you, Texas and Florida's social media laws will be interesting. Yeah. I mean, so that, that actually is an interesting example of, I mean, not quite in the social litigation, in the civil litigation context, but, um, well, maybe, uh, but yeah, like different states have different laws and, uh, you know, people will find ways to, especially like one thing that happens, I mean, in almost every business contract, if you sign or a lease, you'll notice that there's a choice of law clause in those leases. You sign for an apartment that says this, this contract will be governed by the law of the district right. of Columbia or whatever, right? Like that's, you know, because that's a smart thing to include because it eliminates that dispute. You, you contract, you can contractually agree to which state's law applies. Yeah. Well, defamation is a, 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 it's it's probably one of the most pressing problems that we're facing right now, especially uh, in, in cultural politics and politics. The record, as it stands over the past 10 years, is fake. Yeah. Agreed. Which Compl- record? The, the, everything. Well, a lot yeah. of it, yeah. Because the, pa- the paper of record was putting out fake news, so right, the record right, right. is fake. The, yeah. the New York Times has put out a ton of fake news. Like, they won awards for now. it. Awards Dude, for. we've lived in the age of obfuscation. This, this, there's so many. It's a dark age. It really has become kind of. There's so much light that it is blinding us, and we can't see. So we might as well be in the dark. And I mean, before they screwed up, but at least they tried. You know, they had like the New York Times got rid of its public editor. I mean, they got rid of their copy editors. They just do they even have fact checkers anymore? I mean. I, I assume so, but it, remember when you used to get a phone call from a fact checker and they're like, "Hi, my name is John. I'm a fact checker with the New York Times." Yeah, I got calling. one from the New Yorker a little while, a while back. New Yorker doesn't. Yeah, they still do it. Maybe it's just too expensive to do, and so whatever, just let your activist journalists say whatever they I want. I think it was the New Yorker that put out a fake story about me, where they mashed two quotes together to make a totally oh, yeah. out of context quote. That's Super wild. Quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super quote. So basically, what happened was a story I told was offensive to some people. Who then threatened, I guess, I don't know exactly what happened, but I think they threatened a lawsuit. So the New Yorker mm-hmm. just wrote what they wanted them to write. And so then they, the New Yorker accused me of giving them erroneous statements, which is obviously false. Mm-hmm. What happened was a guy at the New Yorker took two different stories and combined two quotes into one. 
with like a space. So it sounded like once two separate sentences from 15 minutes apart was one sentence, mm-hmm. totally changing the context of what I had said. Right. And then obviously when the other individuals involved in the story saw that it was lying and making them look bad, which I never said, they told them that's not true. I never said that. So then instead of taking responsibility, they said Tim Pool provided erroneous statements. So then I called and said, no, I didn't. And the journalist told me to go screw myself. He wouldn't correct it. And it was funny because the, the, the issue was the person that I was the, – the, the story I was telling involved a massive corporation who scared the New Yorker. They weren't scared of just one guy. So they you know, ultimately just told me to screw off. Wow. Yeah, evil, evil people. Yeah. Evil. Not – Evil. I have so little time for modern journalism. It's so it's so terrible. It's just it's it's maybe the most endlessly frustrating. It's like because every day you see a news article, and every day you're like, oh, another you know, at best misleading article from you it, know. It's a big part of why I am concerned with cancel culture and canceling because in an age of propaganda, you need to have access to be able to speak who you are, and and so yeah. people can see it and from the, the mouth. Same people policing everybody for misinformation and heresy are the same people i mean i i had a talk with a journalist the other day and they were like you know talking about how no misinformation is a real threat and i'm like you realize that your outlets uh put forward a theory that a billionaire real estate magnate turned president was really secretly a russian agent <laughs> like think about that for two seconds that would get laughed out of a hollywood plot and yet that that took hold of the liberal media for three years and was promulgated by all the you know the the reputable media outlets it's just it's a total joke and you know, we have the First Amendment in this country. In general, the things that should be protected are, you know, statements of opinion about the news. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to say, like, I mean, I think we should be much stricter when it comes to defamatory content. I.e., you say something false about a person that hurts them, that injures them, yes. you should be held liable let's, for it. Let's, let's play but a game. A public debate? Let's Leave play, it wild west. Let's play a game. Andrew Morantz of the New York Times. <laughs> I know Andrew. Uh, I'm sorry, of the New Yorker mishmashed two quotes of mine from two di- it was it was a one long story with different chapters per se and he took one quote and one quote and he mashed them together it was about vice vice took issue with the statement provided so in order to avoid the, uh, um, my response Morantz uh, or someone added to the article quote an earlier version of this article included a quotation from Tim Pool concerning vice news's coverage in Ferguson the quotation has been removed because it contained several errors. That's vague. It sounds like the errors were mine. <laughs> it was a quotation <laughs> provided with errors in it. That's clever. The quotation was theirs. Andrew Morantz wrote a fake story because, in my opinion, he's a liar who realized he could make a salacious, juicy story by mashing quotes together for The New Yorker. And The New Yorker published fake news. And I'll add one more to it. There's another story from The New Yorker which they pressured us and tried to publish fake news. And they embellished this most insane story about me and my friend. We get a call from a fact checker and they're asking us outrageous, stupid things. And I'm like, all of these are exaggerations. And, and they're like, yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on. They're like, they're, they're, they're uh, asking me, you sleep in a closet, don't you? What? And I was like, no, it's a, it's a box car. You know, you know, it's like, a, you know, the box, the railway apartments in New York mm-hmm. where it's like, you got to walk through one room to get to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's like a closet. And I was like, it has a window. No, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, it's like a closet. I was like, sure, it's like a closet, I guess, or something to that effect. That's the New Yorker. They write fake news. Andrew Morantz is a liar. Do not trust him. He writes fake stories, and he will smear you. Oof. Here's what Morantz. Statement of fact. Wait. 
<laughs> Here's what Morantz wrote about me in his book. Let's see here. Talking to Chamberlain about politics felt a bit like talking to a young earth creationist about dinosaurs. I considered some of his core beliefs, for example, that Donald Trump should be trusted with a nuclear arsenal, to be irrational, almost to the point of incomprehensibility. But once we had agreed to disagree on a few core premises, we could start to have a conversation. His goal the whole time was to pretend that because he had access, he was writing the truth. Instead, what he did was he came to my apartment, and I thought he recorded the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, excellent. And so the story was very simple. I said, on one night, I did X. On another night, I did X, and they did Y. He combined those to make it seem like Vice failed to do something on a particular night, which resulted in a failure for the company. I can't get into too much of the specifics. You can read the story, I suppose. Uh, Vice got mad about it. They were like, that's bullshit. That never happened. And so... And he wouldn't correct. That's so embarrassing. Well, you see what they wrote. You see what he wrote. It contained errors. He didn't say they're, they're very, they're, they're weaselly. This is what the media does. Do not trust these organizations. Take a look at, uh, uh, there was, man, I don't want to get too much into it. Take a look at what Lauren Southern has been posting about the smear piece about her. There, 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 I, I, I am surprised how often these conservative personalities are like, these journalists are cool. I trust them. Why? They're going to lie about you. Do not give them money. It's like what they say with the police. You don't have to say anything. You know, you, you so, have the right to remain silent. Yeah, no, I, I, maybe I should have talked to that journalist yesterday. I had, like, some journalist call me and ask me about, like, the, the Trump, you know, the poll watcher video. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'll just answer questions. You know, I almost do it like, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll be hurt. But also, I, at some point, I actually like having, putting things on the record with them. And now, now, you know what they can do? What? You, let's, let's, let, I'll explain to you guys how it works. Let's say you get a phone call from a journalist. Like, hey, I was wondering, I was to ask you a question about the video you posted. It was a, it was a video about a dog doing a backflip. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was walking down the street and I saw a dog do a backflip. What do you want to know? Oh, what kind of dog was it? Uh, I think it was a German Shepherd. Pretty big for a dog doing a backflip. Interesting, interesting. And uh, how, how did you feel about it? It was all right, I guess. Okay, mm. thank you. Oh, well, well, have a nice day. Then the article comes out. I called Will Chamberlain to ask about a video he posted, and he was immediately agitated and aggressive. I was kind of put off by his anger and animosity, but (laughs) nonetheless, I decided to ask him the question anyway. Fair point. Why did you film the dog? Immediately, response scared me. He seemed angry at the dog, almost violent, and I was concerned he would actually hurt dogs in the future. When he explained to me he was a German shepherd, I could hear the hatred in his voice. I think this man is violent and dangerous and needs to be arrested immediately before he hurts an animal. And then as soon as you say, that's not true, they're all opinions. And do you have the phone call recorded? That's true. I didn't record this one. I should have. So what do you do when they lie about you? When you get on the phone with someone, you give them the ability to say, I spoke with them on the phone, and this is how I felt. Swipe. No, no, don't answer. I always do everything over email and writing. That's smart. That's smart. That's probably how I should have done this. Because then I can just publish the emails and be like, but they can still say in the email, they were furious. I was shocked. They were their threats of, I, I felt unsafe. The emotions I felt when I read that yes. text. Yeah. Those scratches on that wall. Yeah. I blame like the author. Liberal out- That's like actually a good general practice. Like liberal outlets can send you written questions. I was going to yep. say, I think there's too many news organizations, but I don't want it to centralize into the hands of a few. So you know maybe you it's good. You know, you, know, you know what I do? When I get emails from like liberal organizations, mm-hmm. I respond with a, qu- a statement like, you know, um, uh, the the rioters on January 6th should be in prison. Mm-hmm. And that's my response. Smart. So it's like, what are they going to say? Well, we asked him about whether or not he was a fan of Bitcoin, and he said the rioters should be in prison. 
Jail. It's just a, the jail meme. Yeah. Right. They, they'll, they'll still try and play games, so you got to be careful. They'll say with an unrelated and nonsensical statement or something. He's you know. obviously Authoritarian yeah. Tim Pool. Suggests. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And, they, and, and they, can, they can say he responded with a white supremacist slogan because that's an opinion. That's why you make the news. You are the news. That's why we make videos and you put yourself online because no one can twist that yet. Yeah. Deep fakes are coming. Ian, we, we talk about how history is written by the victors. And at least for me, I always thought about that in the instance of like war and wars being fought. That is not the case. History has been written by the victors. It has been written by people who won the culture war and they are shaping the way that people think now and the direction that we're pointing now. It's a huge problem, and I don't think that we saw it coming or respected it when we should right. have. Let's uh, let's jump over to Super Chats. Oh, yeah. It's time. If yeah. uh, you have not already, give a little 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 tap to that like button because it seriously does help. But more importantly, always sharing the, the video is, is massive. Um, there was someone who posted the metrics, and they were like, look what happens when you share. And it's like it just – that's how we're going to uh, actually – I mean, maybe it's not perfect. But it helps us in the work we do when you share, and it spreads the ideas to people who might not have them. You Maybe you know someone, and you're like, they just don't understand. Well, maybe they haven't seen an episode of TimCast.com. Smash the like button. Go to TimCast.com. We are going to have I'm, – I'm not kidding you. You are absolutely going to love the upcoming bonus segment because it's going to be a wild ride of crazy conspiracies, Donald Trump from the future, time traveling, and a whole bunch of crazy stuff. It's going to be fun and silly. But you're going to want to hear this stuff because, uh, I mean, there's some really weird stories. And, and this stuff isn't relatively new, but we're going to go through these crazy conspiracies that look at real things that make people say, how is that possible? Time travel. That's right. Anyway, That's right. we'll read some super chats. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> go to, to TimGuest.com. Become a member. Make 1984 fiction again says just your weekly reminder that total deaths per capita in the U.S. has not changed in 10 years, including last year. But hey, let's destroy the economy and redefine our culture and society for it. Now, that came from a John Hopkins op-ed, that official data. But I don't think that's correct. I think, yeah, excess deaths were up. They were, yeah, yeah. So there, there was an there, op-ed. There was a global pandemic. But, right, right. But here's what happened. There was, an, uh, there was an article written by a doctor for, I believe it was John Hopkins University, you know, page, blog or whatever. Right. That showed data points saying that it didn't go up. And then it was immediately challenged by a bunch of people. I just got to say this. When I see one story say one thing and like a thousand say something else showing data points, I understand we just went on this big rant about media lying. That's why I try to look in aggregate and try and track the data myself. So I'll look at these institutions. There was one story that said they weren't up. And I'm like, I don't think that's 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 going to I think I don't remember exactly what his name is. Lyman Stonesky. But he always had really good charts on Twitter that were showing excess deaths. And I mean, excess deaths were up there. They were up everywhere. Uh, Not only that, but. It's interesting that someone would assert they weren't when we have stories of violent crime skyrocketing and murders being up. Yeah. So if, if murders are going up, wouldn't that indicate the numbers should be up? I guess you could try and argue maybe the car accidents are down, too, because, if, you know, like that's a big contributor to deaths as well. Right. Yeah. Like there was and, and apparently there were like way fewer, for example, like child injuries. Like there were a whole part of what happened as a result of the pandemic is like that, now, those wards got crushed in the hospitals. Now, here's something I care about. Rampton says, what do y'all think about Nicole Arbor feuding with Candace Owens over cancel Chrissy Teigen and walking off Candace's panel on her show this week? <gasps> I don't care. I don't know. Anything <laughs> about was, that. was the argument that Chrissy Teigen shouldn't be canceled? Is, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I will okay. assume that there, I, I will try and make the best argument that Nicole Arbor could have made, which is that we should stick by the principle of not canceling people because, you know, we should be the principled side, blah, 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 blah. 
and uh, say that no, we don't unilaterally disarm. Like no, if, if I disagree. You don't think so? I think the right needs to be the side of uncanceling. Uh, if all you do is say stop, then they're going to keep taking ground. I don't know. I think you, I think you have to be. I think of it more from a deterrence perspective, right? Like they 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 must make them live up to their own book of rules. Fire with fire. Right. Oh, you're saying so? We should cancel them. Right, like you should cancel the cancelers, right? Like if pe- you know the people promulgating right, 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 right. anybody promulgating cancel culture has, should be forced to play yes. by their own rules. Oh, of course, of course. Right, but I think on the other, additionally, the right needs to be the party of actively uncanceling people. Sure, I absolutely agree. Bring with that, Bring back too. Milo and Laura Loomer. Yeah. Oh yeah, Stephen like Molyneux. I think you know, you know, I don't even like Laura Loomer, and I think we should bring her back. She's yeah. a, she has a right. She's an American citizen who has a right to speak. Exactly. Every you know even. You know, people. I remember I was talking with some tech bro who was trying to explain to me why he and I actually agreed about uh, censorship policy when we didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, he was. It's he like was, a super villain in a movie being like, you know, Bond, you and I are a lot alike. Right. No, right. we're not. You're like, a villain. Dude, he's trying up. to say like this is actually like a communications decent, like a CD different thing about copyright, and I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I here's what I want. I want you to have the same right to speak in a public park that you do on same right to speak on Facebook and Twitter that you do in a public park. That's what I want. And he said, but there's a lot of really nasty speech on Facebook and Twitter. And I was like, yes. Yep. That's also the balance struck by our First Amendment. There's a lot of nasty speech that's protected. Yeah. Right? Like, this is this is not a technocratic disagreement. We have a values difference. Um, All right. Let's see what we got. Eric Babb says, nothing Biden does is surprising anymore. After hearing him say, we the people, well, the people are the government. So according to Biden, we are a nation of the government by the government for the government. I, 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 I will say, you know, the one really compelling thing that Biden has, has, has said before was, shoot it on a shot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Bad calf care. Did he get us that yet? So you, you know the phrase, the banality of evil yes. from Hannah Arendt? Yeah. There's a banal awfulness to the Biden administration. <laughs> That's true. Right? What does that mean, banal? So like, boring, pedestrian, pedestrian. like, uh, yeah. The, know, banali- the, the banality of evil refers to how people just mindlessly followed orders. So like willful ignorance, willfully ignorantly. No, evil. no, 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 no. Not like Passive. just just sort of passively, yeah. you know, accepting accepting yeah. of of you know awful policy, right? Yeah. Like the the classic example is like we open the show with the discussion of the smuggling children. Like that is just like there's not some you know evil cackling person in the background. There's just like oh how do we get this off the news because all the Kids in cages photos are bad. Ship and them off. I guess, I guess we just put them on planes and hide them. You know what I should do? <laughs> what? Eventually, I should run for a president, and I should grow out a twirly mustache. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll run as a Democrat, though, and I'll be like, <laughs> and then we'll strip the pension funds and claim we're giving people health care. <laughs> the system will burn down. <laughs> Democrats want to want to reinstate the salt cap. Have you followed that at all? <laughs> I love this, right? It's literally like the it would be the most regressive thing. It would be the most enormous cat tax cut to like hedge fund managers in New York and California <laughs> and venture capitalists. Um and Democrats should be opposed to it, like Bernie is, but Democrats are like we need a middle class salt cap t- t- cut and it's just like you guys are so transparent. I want to be on the debate stage. And when they're like, how many of you are in favor of open borders or decriminalizing border crossings? And they all raise their hands. I'll be like, excellent. And then we'll use them for cheap labor under the table so that we displace the working class and strip them of their value. (laughs) Like, say their policies are a good thing, but explain why they're bad as the villain guy. I'll wear a a top hat and I'll have like a monocle and a cane and I'll wear a tuxedo. (laughs) 
And then I'll be like, excellent, excellent. Ah, the Koch brothers. They must be celebrating the idea of the industry getting cheap. They, they literally up. are. They, that is exactly know, what they're doing. I know. Doing. <laughs> you could do that and then make a video on YouTube and you, your video would get more views than the debate. Yeah. Maybe. Actually, that's, that, that, that's a great idea to like green screen yourself into the debate. Yeah. And when yeah. they say something like, you know, in California, how, when they're like, how many of you are in favor of giving free health care to illegal immigrants and they all raise their hand? Be like, and then American citizens who have paid for 20 years won't be able to get health care. <laughs> and then I could have like a group of like henchmen behind me wearing like weird suits with like goggles and gas masks going. <laughs> That's the plan, okay. man. Yes. I'll do it. Nice. I'm here for it. We need to hire like a production crew so we can do these skits and just make a skit channel yeah. or something. I also want to hire a patent lawyer. What? All right. I just have ideas. You need a referral? I can probably get somebody for you. Okay, cool. (laughs) Lawyers are cheap, right, Will? No. Yeah. (laughs) They are not. What if I paid them a percentage of the money the patents make in perpetuity? Uh, All right. Hmm. Uh, A sea line in orange says the Democrats are the Beth monster and the Republicans are the Jerry monster from that one episode of Rick and Morty. Have you seen that? I've never seen an episode of Rick the and Beth Morty. monster is ba- basically so it's basically Beth and Jerry the two people they they go and then this machine makes like their They're mental version of themselves so Jerry mm-hmm. how he sees his wife and how his wife sees him married couple he sees his wife as the 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 alien from Alien mm-hmm. so it's like big and she right. sees him as a slug going and then she takes him and uses him and. Hilarious. Well, the whole point is that they're codependent and they require each other to survive. And he's like this spineless, sniveling little slug, and she's this overpowering, dom- domineering woman because she's a mental image of how he sees her. So, mm. yeah, I could see it. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Kyle Miller says, "Let's storm the Tim Pool compound. He doesn't have enough fifty BMG to stop us Are all." You sure? Also, Lydia, can you please say "Ara Ara Ara Ara"? Why? Why? I don't. I don't, I don't trust know. that. But uh, let me just assure you. I do have enough 50 BMG. Oh, we're good. Also, there's 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 very clear signs that say trespassing will be prosecuted on the way. My in. mom got me a sign that says uh, trespassers will be shot and survivors will be prosecuted. I'm like, I'm not I'm not putting that sign <laughs> I'm up. Not put that up. Survivors Thanks, will be prosecuted. We're not putting it up. We'll put it downstairs somewhere. For I've people. seen That's one that awesome. says survivors will be shot again. It's a joke. It's not real. Yeah, uh, yeah. Potato Masher says, "Does anyone know what freedom is? Just some thoughts." Freedom is the ability, obviously, to take your pants off on the stage of the libertarian debates. Heck yeah. Freedom is the right to sell heroin to children, if also I recall correct. those debates. <laughs> yeah, yes. Freedom to a prisoner is the ability to <laughs> walk around and see the sun any time of day. So it's kind of relative. Seth Alvary says, Tim, if you're angry at rep politicians, invite one onto your show. Surely there's, there's some who would have a conversation with you. Wasn't Parnell on last night? Yes. Okay. Literally. He's been yeah. on several times, but he didn't get in yet. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, he, he elected ran, official. He's running for Senate, and I like the guy. So I, I, I hope he does win. And I'm glad he's willing to come on the show and have these conversations. But uh, you know, every time I message uh, someone, they say, "What? Yes." Email this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I say, "Okay." And then you, you know, that person says when we email him, nothing. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I've reached out to that say yes. Politicians are the worst. Hmm, it sounds like an actor. Sounds like you're dealing with actors. You could probably get Ken Buck on. I bet you could get Ken Buck Colorado? on. Colorado? Yeah, because I know yeah. he's chief of staff, so that's that solves the staff problem. That right? I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm, you know, i got to be honest. If someone refers me to a staff member, I'm just not going to bother emailing them at all. Mm, fair enough. If that's I can DM you, I've DM'd probably like four or five Republicans, and I'm like, yo, we can take care of, here's the plan, here's what we want to do, are you interested? And they say yes. I say, we're good. Figure out your schedule, let me know. It's no problem, right? We're on DM now. 
No, they, they pass me off. I say, okay, just say no next time. I'm not going to waste my time. I think that's just a function of how their offices work. There's a guardian of the schedule in a way that, like, yeah. you know, politicians well, I'm not gonna are waste less control of the, Yeah, maybe, maybe you don't have to waste your time. You're, I mean, it's just this is where Yes Minister comes in, right? Like, the, the whole point of these little officers and all these little underlings is they control, you know. The, Rand Paul, come on the show. We're big fans. Whenever we're like, all politicians suck, we're like, Rand's okay. No, Rand's awesome. <laughs> Tom Cotton. Like Rand. Thomas Massey, Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley Rand, I mean, would be cool six dude. on the show. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Here's such good things about Josh Hawley. Doesn't he? He's like a, a homesteader. No, uh, that's Thomas Massey. I think. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I got all these names mixed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, Thomas, I, I, Tom, Thomas, Thomas Massey up. and Rand Paul are like at the top. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Massey. Yeah, dude, cool, that dude. That's cool. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, but there's like what ten Republicans. We gotta need a new party. I don't know. We're working on it. Yeah. More yeah. and more get good. I mean, the, the freshman can. Yeah, sorry. These terrestrial snails, starfish, and jellyfish Dude. in the Republican Party who support the Democrats need to be voted out. I, primary Smith. them. Primary them. You can't I've, even vote. You have to vote someone else. I've yeah. never seen any of them on any Republican news show, podcast, anything. Like every one of those Republicans is like. A creature of the NRCC Ted, and has who? Ted Cruz has a podcast with my. Oh folks. no no no! But I'm talking about the ones who voted no, right? Other than like oh, Liz yeah, Cheney, I'd never heard of. There's that like they, some of them go on like Lib Media, right? Mm-hmm. Like Cheney and mm-hmm. Kinzinger and whoever. But none of the 35, they were all these just anonymous Republican Congress people who've never been on a Republican primary. program. Yes, primary. It's time. Kristen F. says, went to a local brewery in northwest Indiana this past weekend and overheard a couple talking about the latest Tim Pool episode. Feels good knowing there are others in a predominantly Democratic area aware of good independent media. I actually think the opinions that we have on the show, mostly like me and doing my show, resonate with Chicagoans because that's probably from being in Chicago. Mm-hmm. In our metrics, we can see that the largest, uh, the, the location for the, with the most views is Chicago. Oh, that's awesome. Interesting. I wonder if it's, I talked about this before, you grow up in a city that's been run by Democrats for 80 years. There's no qualm with Republicans because they're not relevant to the local conversation. You just keep getting Democrats who make everything worse and people keep voting for it. Eventually, all you're saying is, I hate Democrats. You're not a Republican. You're a moderate liberal, but the Democrats in your city are just have a stranglehold and they're destroying everything. I can talk about when the mayor came down to my local park and was like, we're going to build y'all a skate park. And we're like, yay, photo op. And then he's gone, never comes back. I hate them all. Never built the skate Awful. park? No, they built a, it. Was, there was already a trash park there and they were going to make like a good one, they said. as a photo op to go out and pretend like he helped the kids or something. Oh, weird. You know, that's funny. I, I lived, grew up in Cupertino, California. I, I've been around Democrats, lived in Democrat areas my entire life, except for like a six-month stint in Boise, Idaho. Uh and I feel like that almost, that made me, like, I, I like some, if you actually look at just my actual policy views, they're pretty moderate. But in terms of attitudinally and, like, what team I'm on, I'm like, I want Republicans to win. I want, I think it's very important that they do. And I'd prefer Democrats not to win. And I just wish there was something other than Republicans. Man, Dave Smith with yeah. the Libertarian Party. That's, like, this is a big deal. Like he's, he's cool, dude. He runs for president. And I don't even know if he's... Who knows? I've never seen a libertarian win the president, but Abraham Lincoln was uh, built a fourth party to win his 
Republican election. He created the Republican. Dude, if we get hard behind Dave, he goes. It's just about oh, whoa, whoa. the process. Let's read some more Super Chats. Wolf's Black Rose says, I didn't know Will was anti-Second Amendment. His anti-crypto argument is a page out of the Gun Grabber's Handbook. Hmm, that's actually, that's an interesting rejoinder. Um, I am pro-Second Amendment, by the way. Sorry, just to make that clear. Like criminals guns. use guns. It makes criminals, it easier for Criminals do crimes. use guns, uh, but that's a constitutional right, and it's also important to self-defense. I think that, you know, your ability to defend yourself against violence from knives or punching or whatever is a basic right, and that's... What about my ability to defend myself from inflationary currency? Uh, defend yourself from inflation currency. Well, not a constitutional right, and th- there's a collective action problem there with, like, if you, you know, the, the consequence of not having a, having a currency that is not possible to dilute is uh, things like... Uh, the 2009 crisis. All right. Nua Haking says, I live in Logan Square, Chicago, and on the way home last night, there were signs calling a woman and her husband out by name. Photos defining characteristics and social media usernames directly calling them neo-Nazis. Jeez. Creepy. And it would have been vandalism to rip those signs down? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, unless you had like a right to put them up for some reason. Sonny James says, I love the Jewish people, but statist secular Jews have uh, misrepresented them. To the point, since I've openly criticized Zionism, my super chats are carefully monitored and impossible to get through. To be canceled soon, don't tell me I'm the only one. So wait, is this like, are you saying that your anti-Zionist Jews get canceled? Is that the argument? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. Whatever. Jurassic Josh says, Timothy Poole, the U.S. not negotiating with terrorists is a quote from a Harrison Ford movie. It is not an actual stance of the U.S. government. Grow up. Stop lying to your viewers. That's weird. When I did the hostile environment training, they specifically said the U.S. doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Well, there you Sometimes go. they like in a, in a general sense, I'm sure in certain circumstances there are. I think he's talking about Air Force One. Did you guys see that movie? Mm-mm. Harrison Long Ford plays ago. the president. He like punches a guy in the face. We don't deal <laughs> negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Have you seen that, Tim? No. It's a great movie. Commander 232 says, well, to give you a bit of positive news, myself and my comrades in Federal Protective Services walk off when we were tasked to help with the smuggling of the illegal immigrants. No way, for real. that true story? Good for you. Yeah, wow. Good for you. Happy to hear it. All right, let's see what we got here. Sonny James says, so what the heck difference does it make if you have all the crypto in the world, if the government seizes your assets for the ever-growing crime uh, list, such as racism, and the old conspiracy charge, no crypto can help you. The Y Islands are a risky buy. That uh, is not true. Uh, crypto can be stored in your brain. You can remember 10 words and have access to your crypto forever. And they can't seize it. It's impossible. The blockchain exists decentralized around the planet. They can arrest you. They can demand it. And then as soon as, I mean, sure, they can lock you up and throw away the key. They can do that regardless. But remembering, it's 10 words, right? Yeah, something like that. It, yeah. it ranges. Sometimes it'll be eight. Sometimes I think 16. It depends on the service. And it'll be like dog run, car fly, airport, theater, yeah. pizza. Yeah. And then that's your, that's it. You remember those 10 words and then you can log in and access your, your crypto from wherever you want. They can't take it away. They can't seize it until they, uh, plug they can, into your guess, brain with a neural net and start trying yeah. to read your th- memories yeah. and your thoughts. Or like take bamboo and shove it up your fingernails or whatever. Nothing is forever, nothing's permanent, and nothing is stable. We're always at risk. But I think crypto's a lot less risky than fiat at the moment. All right, Tag says, the problem with the gold standard is the, vel- the development of asteroid mining. Once One of the reasons gold has value is because it's rare. Once asteroid mining gets off the ground, gold will no longer be rare. I don't know. I mean, 
that's actually literally the opposite of my point. The problem is a fixed supply. Uh, you know, having your own national currency be something that's not under your control can lead to recessions because of the problem of wage stickiness. Like if your if your country becomes less productive, you have the choice of either diluting your currency, you know, or your currency floating against others, or wage cuts. Everybody hates wage cuts, so if you actually choose that, what you're really choosing is mass unemployment. Brandon D says, Ian, read your personal crypto idea. Read The Unincorporated Man. Not exactly one-to-one, but eerily similar. Oh, thanks. Tiz said, Tim, look up, look up Wyckoff distribution, distribution theory. It just happened to Bitcoin. The big institutions are now manipulating the market. Perhaps. I've warned about that as well. Mount Romer says, hack seems sus. Government hates Monero. Could be a win-win for them. More private coins, too, like Pirate. Govs do shady deals themselves. Banning never makes it go away, but makes it more valuable. Didn't a bunch of, like, feds steal Silk Road Bitcoin? That was like... I would guess they would seize it as an asset. No, no, no. They got arrested. They went to jail or something. Oh. Yeah. Was it like... Was it... uh, Because, obviously, the guy who... Made, I guess they were like, responsible for Silk Roads in jail. Wasn't, yeah, something I happened. Uh, um, the he dread, got convicted. The dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And so, uh, well, I, so like, yeah, Russell Rick. That's right. So the the prosecutor or the police officers on the case like stole some Bitcoin. In yeah, the like seven hundred fifty million dollars worth or billion. No, it was, it was a lot of money, and it was like two in March or something. I think Jeez. this happened. Yeah, it's not the first time cops have stolen drug money. I don't. They seized it. I don't know when they got they got caught in March. I think. Well, if they seized it, it would be illegal. They just stole it, right? Yeah. Seizing, stole it. seizing is something the government's allowed to do when you but like forfeit assets. Personally, so the they personally just the stole it. Themselves yeah. Sean Kent says, Tim, you need to form a coalition with the likes of the intellectual dark web and other prominent anti-woke people. Make an LLC media organization to rival the legacy media. Get collaboration with big time players. Get enough momentum. Rival YouTube. I am not a big fan of the intellectual dark web. That's about it. I personally don't like clicks in general. I like those people, though. Yeah, Yeah, it's not like closed groups. Well, I guess like we're this now. Look how we are expansive. And they fell apart. Like they're not. They don't. They don't even hang out anymore. Like they. If it was a click, like they don't. Like Ruben and Sam Harris, you'll notice they don't really go on each other's show. Brett Weinstein is legit. I like Brett a lot. I like. I like. I like all these people as intellectuals. Sometimes I think they are wrong, especially when it comes to matters of political strategy. I think they often get it wrong on that question. Brian Scanlon says Charles Hoskinson, the creator of the cryptocurrency Cardano, said in a recent AMA that he would like to come on the show. You guys should reach out to him. Cardano is an amazing project. There's nobody better to answer all of your crypto questions. Beautiful. We have. Did you message him on Twitter? I can't message him on Twitter. Oh, Charles. um, But I have reached out to him on a couple different occasions telling him to get in touch with me because I do the guests for IRL. Cool. So the ball is in his court. Hopefully soon. All right, let's see what we got here. Someone posting some, what is this? Some nonsense. Hmm. Oh, okay, I don't know. Do do do. Let's see. Let's grab a good one. Everyone's just basically saying crypto is the best. Will is wrong. <laughs> like, uh, Not surprised. It's like by the that. inverse of the last episode where I was right, like, right. <laughs> yeah, everyone's right. like, Tim's, you're wrong. Tim's <laughs> like, wrong. I'm like, jail rioters. Everybody's like, yay, crypto bad. What? We're gonna go back. And forth. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just see. We'll grab a couple more down at the the, the latest ones because YouTube jumped on us and it's. All right, let's see. What we got Joshua Vogt says, "Hello, Tim from from a Air Force military police vet, thinking of running for mayor of my town in a couple of years. It's super leftist for the longest time. I'm not 
currently work in pest control. Love y'all. There you go. That's cool. Dan S says, you keep mentioning PayPal and Stripe. Can I just pay with a card? I don't know anything about Stripe, but after my mom died, PayPal made it impossible for me to close her account. I'm not mm. doing PayPal. When you click Stripe to become a member, it literally just asks for your, your credit card information. It's like super easy to do. It's awesome. Stripe is really fantastic. Great service. Super excited to have them integrated. But again, you click sign up to be a member and it just says credit card information. You go, boom, done. Well, there's probably a little bit more involved than that, but it's, it's, it's relatively easy. Sean Kent says, also, can I submit skit ideas for you? I have a free one here. SJW chess player goes to get a bank loan and puts two pennies on the counter. Teller says, sir, two pennies is not enough. SJW, did you just assert, assume my currency's value? Hey, there you go. That's like, that's the next. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my currency's value. It's meta. Gabriel Martinez says, Tim, first time commenting, you would win on a Republican ticket. Do it. Also, currency and money are two different things. Gold is money. The dollar is currency now. Bitcoin is the new gold. You would. If you were no, I don't think so. If Republican, you'd win. Nah. I, don't, I don't really think there's a meaningful difference between money and currency unless you have a narrower definition of currency. Yeah, that's yeah. like state run or something. No, the, the, the conservatives, I, I disagree on policy, on a lot of these policies. That's why you would win. Vote for someone you disagree with. It's an ever encroachment to the left just they, because I don't like them. If they, nah, like, if they like you, that's why they vote. Oh, yeah, I guess. And I'd be I'd have a really easy time of fundraising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't need the fundraise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If, like, you know, Sean came on the, sh- you know, on the show and he's talking about the need to fundraise. And I'm like, I don't need to. That's the way the game works, though, I guess. You know, the people who run big companies and make a ton of money can easily just run for Unfair office and not have to worry on about some it. Level, yeah. Got to make a bunch of promises. But the more important thing is that the amount of media play I could get from my own work is way more than they could buy. Dude, if we did, well, the, the New York Times would lie and smear. That'd be so funny. Weren't there some Brazilian <laughs> YouTubers who got elected? Yeah, that's what I heard. Because they they, that, they control a lot of the media, you know. Yeah. So while all the, while these other candidates are desperately trying to buy media, I just turn the camera on and say, "Yo, what up? Would you guys be down to paint the White House?" Because huh. I don't Rome, think you can just do that. Well, if we're the pres, if you're the president, can I? I, paint I it? don't think you can. Can just we get do like I'm not taxpayer support? Tim Ian, Ian, is going to run on a platform of tradition. But because the Romans, the, Dude, all these my, white... My, 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 my Republican platform would be insane. Good. Huh. I, I was, yeah, I guess if I ran like for that. president, it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Would, I'd be Fine. like, I'm going to pardon like everybody, basically. Like, not, like, all nonviolent offenders, like, will go through where there's, like, victimless crimes, drugs, uh, and abuse, and stuff like that. Just going to start rubber stamping it. Especially federal gun, gun crimes that are nonviolent. Boom. Boom. Boom, boom. Marijuana. Oh, you betcha. Boom, boom. Just just cranking them all out, pardoning everybody like crazy. The first day, I'd just be like, give me the list. I'm pardoning them all. Send them home. We got too many people in prison for dumb things. Stop wasting money. And then the taxpayers don't got to waste that money, so we'll lower taxes. How much money can we save by pardoning, you know, all nonviolent offenders? I mean, Philly's trying this experiment. Nonviolent offenders? Yeah, because, like, think about it. People plead. Right, like no, no, the no, nonviolent no, 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 no. offenders usually about this before. We talked don't about go this to jail before. for as much. They We've usually... talked about this before. The review would involve would not include anybody who pled down from violent crimes. Okay, that's right. Okay, so the, the file says this person was accused of doing X, Y, and Z, and then they they pleaded to discharge. I'd be like, sorry, but if it's like some 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 guy was chilling on the stoop with a you know with a forty and his friends, and you know he got arrested, I'd be like, get out of here. Or if it was like a guy was selling like marijuana or something, I'd be like, nah. Or if a guy was like, he had a suppressor and he didn't file the NFA, I'd be like, nah, get out of here. Like, you're free to go. You're free to go. Second Amendment, free to go, free to go. 
a lot of stuff pertaining to the Constitution. Like, that, that's probably the only thing I would do. I'd say, like, I'm going to go through every single federal case and anything on constitutional grounds. Pardon. I've, I, we need less law, so I'm down with that. Like, you got a story about a guy who's, like, chilling in his house and the cops, like, kicked the door without a warrant or whatever. And then, like, he fought with them and then they charged him. I'd be like, oh, he's going free. Definitely. Oh, even though he fought, but it was self-defense. There's a lot of there's a lot of creepy stories like that, you know. So I'd probably err on the side of freedom, which could be a little bad. I know conservatives wouldn't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think the whole like free all the prisoners uh, is not a traditional conservative policy proposal. Yeah. Not hey, you want to lower taxes, right? Yeah. Well, then how about the guy who's like n- nonviolent offender who was like minding his own business, smoking pot, shouldn't be in prison? I mean, I think most conservatives would agree with. There that. you go. We're gonna save you money. That guy can go home and he can smoke all the pot he wants. I don't care. Why should you pay to lock that guy up because he was rocking a ganja in his basement? That's stupid. I, I mean, I just don't really think very many people <laughs> are in jail for that, honestly. No, like, but it would be like in federal crimes, it would be more than just like a guy in his basement. It would be like, you know, trafficking or selling or something. But I don't care. I think it's stupid. People should be in jail for that. Nonviolent offenses. Uh, it, it's, it's not so simple. I'd also run on, on, on like executive order instructing the ATF to stop doing all their jobs. Like, you will now be allowed to play video games all day and just don't do anything else. Right. Yeah, just the rubber rooms. You know they had ru- – you, know you know where that comes from? I'm kidding, by the way, because they, they still do things that, that are important. In the New York Teachers Union, they literally – they have things called rubber rooms, which is where they put the teachers they can't fire. It's called a rubber room because yeah. you play oh, a yeah. rubber of bridge, the, game, the card game. Oh. Right. Like, so they're expected to just sit around and play no, cards I'd, all day. No, I'd, I'd be like, focus on firearms. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Focus on explosives. Sorry. It's it's alcohol, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. I'd be like, ignore the firearm stuff and just focus on the explosives. Oh, they'd love to do that. That's like the FBI's favorite thing to do. They find some radical, and then they're like, oh, we'll just insert an undercover agent and offer to sell them explosives. No, <laughs> I got a better idea. I'd make them, like, actually enforce the law against far-left extremists. Well, yeah. that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's <sorry>. Jail. Jail, <laughs> hey! <laughs> right to jail. Hey, uh, right to jail. The reason I want Believe to paint not, the White right House, and I'm joking, is <laughs> because the Roman, where we got this architecture from, the white marble pillars and stuff, all the Roman architecture is white marble pillar, because the paint faded away. They painted that stuff. The statues, these white marble statues were painted. Yeah. They looked normal. First, last says, we should make Ian's white party. I disagree. Do you, do you know the story? I, I do not know the story. <laughs> so... Uh, Ian said that there should be a new white party in the States or whatever. And everyone, and like, I can't remember if it was like me, Luke, oh, and someone else. Oh, yeah, white we're like, there's no, red. no, no. There's red, there's blue, there's white, red, white, and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's red states, there's blue states. What if there are white states, red, white, and blue? And they're like, yeah, he said, he said, we need white states. And we're so, like, no, so no, no. You could, you could interpret that in the monarchist sense because white was traditionally the color of the monarchies in oh, like the French Revolution. Right, the so white you could, party. you could go that like, you know, I'm gonna back off on that like one. old school reactionary angle if you want, because <laughs> the alternative is not good. No, it's yeah, I, don't, not. I don't think we need political parties. My friends, <sighs> we've got a crazy, crazy conspiracy. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun, a lot of laughs, time travel, the secrets of the alternate timelines. Oh, we're gonna talk about all of this, and there's an actual news story that I'm gonna bring up, and you're gonna laugh, and it's gonna be hilarious. So make sure you go to TimCast.com and become a member, because we're gonna have fun with this one. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL. You can share our videos on Facebook. It helps grow the channel. And then, you know, we try to lever- leverage that to get more viewers and people on the website. We're really focusing on getting people on the website. So we're going to be 
Also hosting things on Rumble moving forward. It's going to be really awesome. Uh, so definitely make sure to check us out when we do the show Monday through Friday live at, at, uh, at 8 p.m. You can follow me personally at TimCast basically everywhere. And uh, sign up at TimCast.com. Leave us a good review. You want to shout anything out, Will? Yeah. Um, I mean, human events, guys. Again, if you weren't here at the beginning, we hired Jack Posobiec. We're really stoked on it. I mean, he's going to be doing like great. podcasts and, and stuff. And we're going to. Wow. I mean, so we're going to be. Uh, I'm really excited about the future of human events. We have you know big investor in, brought in Jack. Like there's more coming. That's big. Awesome. Uh, you can follow me at iancrossland.net and that at iancrossland all across social media. Thanks for coming. I love you guys. Bye. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids in my journey to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids. That'll be fun. We will see you over at TimCast.com. Video should be up around 11 or a little bit before or after. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you then. Bye, guys.